Has hair loss ever impacted your Saturday morning? Made you want to feign an injury and skip five aside? Regain can help. Regain Foam is scientifically proven to help stop and even reverse hereditary hair loss, giving you the confidence to get back on the pitch. Regain for Men Extra Strength Scalp Foam. Available at lloydspharmacy.com. Contains minoxidil. Always read the label. So, from innocence to arrogance, Ezekiel King has come down from Coventry, where we used to go to the Eclipse Club, me and Wildman back in the raving days. Not had anyone from Coventry on the podcast yet. So, how old are you then? I'm 31, Sean. 31. And were you born in Coventry then? Yeah, yeah, I was born in Coventry. And you've done this prison time that we're going to get to, and you've brought all your paperwork... So what was it like growing up in Coventry? Well, I suppose everyone's childhood is different, if you like. Mine was very, like, um, a bit wild, if you like. On reflection, my childhood was pretty much crazy, yeah. Just grab that bottle so it doesn't get in front of the camera. Let's put it on the floor, thanks. Um, When you say, like, growing up, it got crazy. Yeah. Can you just describe? Well, like, at, like, say, seven or eight, like, my idea of fun and, like, my best friend at the time would, like get a lighter from our house and then the summer when the field used to dry out I'm not talking about a massive field we'd go and light a little bit of it and it wouldn't be like two three hours you'd see two three fire engines there like yeah like stuff like like I'll give you another example people used to play rat attack ginger I don't know knock the door run away I don't know if you're from Liverpool Manchester America <laughs> you knock someone's door and you run away before they come out and say, you little bastard. Yeah. We used to play smash the window and run away. So literally a brick through the window and we'd be on our side. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So. so it's all at a bit of a heavier level. Yeah. It was. Um, when were the first signs of this behavior then? Was it these things that you just described or was it even before that? It was just, it, I wouldn't say that we were like evil children. I'd say we just wanted to have fun and like nobody really like thought, but these guys want a bit more of an extreme adrenaline rush let me take on go-karting or let me take on paragliding or something that's the type of entertainment we were like lusting for if you like yeah because it really was that bad we were prepared to sneak under the radar to get up to what we wanted to get up to um, um, um your family life was your family life okay yeah like really a lot of love a lot of love but a lot of mixed messages as well so a lot of love a lot of mixed messages. what do you mean mixed messages well i think that a lot of people parents me and myself as well, I'm no better than anyone else. I deem myself the same as everyone else. Like, we want the best for our children, but I think very few people know how to get the best for their children. Yeah, so, like, I was taught if somebody, like, hits me, punch them as hard as you can in the nose. Yeah, granted, my dad's 30 years older now or 25 years older now, so that's not his mentality he's going to be saying to a seven, eight-year-old kid. But when I was seven or eight, that was the lesson I was getting. Look, you better punch him as hard as you can if someone hits you and did you go out and put that into practice? 100%. Did the people try and bully you and you hit them back? Or I got teased when I was little, probably like five, six, seven, for being a bit chubby. And because of my name is equal, people used to say two add two is equals four, but now it is equals internationally published author. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Plus, yeah, nobody makes jokes of me anymore either. Funny enough, you're out there, hello. Um, so, yeah, Sean, so that's... Did you channel that into anything like boxing, martial arts, anything like that? 
unfortunately, I, I, I don't say this proudly, I just channeled it into crime. So all of my physical attributes, all of my God-given intellect or wherever people think intellect comes from, I just channeled it all into taking shortcuts. So I wanted loads of money very quickly. So before we get to that then, what about your school performance? How was that? Well, what happened was in primary school, I was a fairly good kid. So like, although like I'd fight if somebody hit me, because my dad more or less told me that's what, that's what the program was. But other than that, I'd say that I was a good kid. I was popular, like I was pretty academic. But then I went to secondary school and seen like, it's in order to be popular and like people to like you, that like girls fancy you and stuff like that, then you need to have like the nicest things and you're like, you need to like not take any shit from anyone. So I like, I was an ambassador for that really. Like I was definitely one of like the, the main lads from like year seven in secondary school. I, I got expelled from my first secondary school in year seven. And what did they expel you for? It, it it was nothing in particular. It was just general insolence. Like I just wouldn't listen. Like I just just going against the grain, going against authority. I just knew like some things are silly. Like why do we have to be quiet when we're eating our lunch? And I'm thinking like, no, I don't want to be quiet. I want to talk to my mate James or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it says you moved into the roughest pub in the city. Yeah, yeah. What was that like? What was it called? It was called the Green Man Pub. The Green Man. Yeah, so it was it was literally nuts. I was about 16 at that point. I remember standing by the pool table, having a game of pool. Like, there's a few guys been in like the little bar area where the pool table is. They've been drinking and that. I've seen three, four guys just bowling, rah, boom, 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 literally punching these guys' faces and there's blood everywhere. One of them was knocked out on the floor. My dad's going, man, what the fuck do you think you're doing in there? It's my fucking pub and that I'm sorry. They can't, obviously, they can't overstep them out but these lads they're like at the time they're kind of heavy lads do you know what I mean if you're about to, if you're going to just walk in a pub and just start doing someone in not looking or left and right then obviously you have got a little something about you yeah these lads have like if they see me now they have to like kind of bow their heads sorry we didn't know you were going to grow up and be like <laughs> what is the gang culture in Coventry well now or when I was in a gang? Let's go back to when you first started out. What was the gang culture then? We used to like, literally, my attitude was like, it was Grand Theft Auto Coventry. I don't know <laughs> if anyone has played Grand Theft Auto, but it's literally Grand Theft Auto Coventry. As long as the, yeah. So I've been through big court cases, so don't take what I'm saying literally. But um, now that I've been, I've had prison depths like this for some of the most serious offences that you can get arrested for. So as long as my... Phone weren't getting south sighted. There was no DNA. I was involved, and it was this financial gain. I was there, fully active. <laughs> so, like in America, there's like street gangs. Yeah. And then when you go to prison, it's gangs by race. Yeah. In London, you got gangs by postcode competing against each other for the drugs business. Yeah. How is it structured in Coventry? The gangs. Well, typically you've got a group of guys who will take from other drug dealers. So not only will they sell drugs. But if they hear that you're selling drugs or you're selling drugs and you've got loads of drugs, they'll take their drugs away from that. Separately to that, you've just got loads of other gangs that just coincide. It's like they know you sell drugs, you know they sell drugs, just drive past each other. They might even give each other a little wave because they're both, for want for a better word, pussies. Do you know what I mean? But like the real criminals who are thinking, do you know what? We're just eating everything and everyone. That's still how they operate. That's, so it's that's gangs by area, then, is it? Yeah, it's kind of like by area and this and that. But then the people who are at the top, like if I want to sell drugs in his area, like I will. Do you know what I mean? And um, what were the names of the gangs back then? 
Well, the gang that I was in was called the P1 gang. Like, what does that mean, the P1 gang? There was about six or seven of us in it at the time, like the main lads or something. But we were just sitting in the house and like, we were just like, they say it's called gassed up. It's like hyped up, thinking you're something like special and that. So you're like, yeah, Sean, you know, you're the shit you are, mate. What are you doing now? Is like gassing each other up. And you're like, nah, 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 you're the shit. You know? So we're sitting there like, I'm not really too involved with this gassing up because I'm don't. Really, I try not to be a bit. I try to be a bit reserved. So these are. We need to think of a name for us. And someone made up the name P1 because like we get loads of P in with the ones or you know. I mean, people said paper first, but I never really heard that between <laughs> us. I think that was just the pub. But yeah, people ended up like our gang was responsible for a murder. Unfortunately, I don't say that proudly at all. Um, countless shootings, robberies. Drugs being imported. Yeah, it was it literally just quite hundred. What was your introduction to drugs? <laughs> um, I have to say it's quietly because he's in the other room. When I was growing up, like, <laughs> um, my dad really loved me. Like, he doted over me. But my dad, uh, when he was younger, he was a, he's a gangster. Like, he's kind of his DNA, do you know what I mean? Firearms, drugs, whatever. So I remember being in bed, like, about six, seven. Clement, Clement. Like, I can hear my dad. Obviously, I love my dad as well. Like, a bit of a daddy's boy. So I'd be like, get up. Goes to the top of the stairs. Dad, come down here for me. So I see him. He's a bit drunk at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah, come down. So I come downstairs. Obviously, there's about three, four yardies in the room smoking ganja. The room. He's like, "This is my boy. This is my boy." I'm sleep probably about one o'clock in the morning. Got school in the morning. He's like, "No." Nah. My mum's like, "No, just let him sleep." He's like, "No, nah, it's all right." He's with his dad. Kissing me up and I'm <laughs> crazy. Mixed messages. You know what I'm saying to you. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Can you explain to some people who don't understand what a yardie means? Like a Jamaican, people say like a yardie is like a Jamaican gangster if you want. Like you get humble and average people, but like a yardie would be a Jamaican who like, you'd walk past, step on his shoe, not say sorry. And he'd like say, oh, what the fuck you think you're doing? You see a step on man's shoe? <laughs> He's like, like going mad in that. So was your dad born in this country or was he from Jamaica? He was, my, my nan and granddad um, come to England to study. So they were doing like a degree or something and um, they ended up meeting and getting together and my dad was conceived. So when their parents heard that my dad was conceived, they weren't happy. And then as soon as he was born, they made him come to Jamaica and he lived in Jamaica from his like months old till he's 21. How did he meet your mum? <laughs> well, he went to America illegally. So because we're from a tourist town in Jamaica called Negril. So he's 21 in Negril. His mum's come back from England after a study and went to live in America. His dad's come back to in- to Jamaica. So he's thinking, oh, this is shit around here. I, like, I want to go to England or America, which all most Jamaican people do. So some tourists come over, he's on holiday. My dad just done some sort of deal with him and flew back to America on his passport return flight. Wow. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he lived there for about 10 years. So it sounds like your introduction to drugs was alcohol and weed were the first ones. Yeah, yeah. What did you graduate to after that? Cocaine, crack, heroin. So what, describe the first time you came across coke. I'm a pretty good cook, yeah? I'm a blog, I, I like cooking. I'm passionate about food. I would say I can cook crack better than I could fry sirloin steak. And I like the fat, charred, perfect, pink in the middle, no blood. Trust me. Ramsey would be all like, that's a decent steak. He would love um, <laughs> to meet my friend Wildman then. He was obsessed with crack for Oh, no, I'll never wash it again. I don't do it. It's just so much, this, that little Pyrex glass. He <laughs> <laughs> <You> shivers. <laughs> so you're getting, um, did you just try a line of Coke first or did you try crack rock first? 
No, I've never smoked crack. Oh, you've never? Never. Okay. I never would because unfortunately, I won't go into too much detail, but in my childhood, like certain people around me, they, yeah. they used to smoke it. I want to be in the older generation. Yeah. So I've seen the negative effects that it had to my right. childhood. Gotcha. And then I thought to myself, it's just something I'll never do. But you've done a line of coke. I've done a line of coke in front of a police officer. <laughs> How did that come about? I was arguing. I, was, I had this girlfriend, yeah, some like waitress or something and we, like um, I was about 21 at the time so it was a pretty volatile relationship I was just understanding my own feelings understanding how to like you know like I think all men do at some stage they go through that oh I love her and all that shit do you know what I mean and you like when you grow up you're like you're fine you're in a whatever sort it out if you're, you know what I mean we grow out of it so I was going through that little turbulent stage because my mum and dad not because I'm very accountability so my mum and dad had left the country at the time so they had immigrated to Jamaica. I was 21. So I was literally just with this. I had a girlfriend at the time. So to me, she was kind of like my everything. She was like my, kind of replaced my family base. So I'm living with her and we're going through this turbulent, we're arguing and it's like an apartment. You just walk straight up the stairs, you're in the apartment. So we're upstairs arguing. I had a bit drunk. I had a sniffed a bit of Charlie. And oh, this is a terrible story. Hand to God, you can't arrest me for this, you bastards, no matter what. <laughs> and if you testify, I'll say you're lying. <laughs> yeah, so... I'm in the house, we're arguing. She's like, the police react because she said she'd called the police. I said, what the fuck do you mean the police react? So I'm going like this. You did, she had a law on that. She's like, the police react. I said, what the fuck do you mean the police react? She's like, they're outside. So I think, shit. So I ran the bedroom, hand to God. I've gone in the room. I had some money, like a couple of thousand quid. I've grabbed it in a wedge. I've picked up a big, massive rug in the living room. Literally pulled it like that. I threw the money on the floor, like that. So it's gone flat. Put the rug on top of it. Hand to God. I've gone in the other room, had about four ounces of coke, yeah? Listen to this, what I've done with it. Bad man. I walked into the bathroom, not bad man, yeah, bad man, very bad man. I walked into the bathroom and on the back of the door, she had like a, a like it was like a cotton wool, you know, cotton wool balls. But this was like a big bag of cotton wool balls like this. Now these three, four ounces of coke I had were in um, food bags, tied in a rock and chopped at the top. So they were just balls as well. So I just put these five balls inside the cotton, inside the <laughs> balls of wool, yeah? So I walked back in there, where are they? She goes, they're here. I had like a 10 pound weed bag. Yeah, like a little, like what you get your buttons in a suit. I had one of them with just a tiny bit of Charlie in because that was like personal use at the time. So I've hid the balls with the ounces in the cotton wool. The money's now under the rug. I've got this little bag. I'm pouring it out on the side show and I'm going like this. I'm like, where are they? <laughs> Chopping this line up, yeah? She goes, they're in the house. Obviously, I'm thinking the door's locked. So what the fuck do you mean they're I can hear dum dum coming up the stairs. I'm making this line. As they're coming up the top stairs, I'm rolling this note, Sean. Yeah. He's reached the top of the stair. The police officer arrives, yeah. I swear on my children, I don't really do that much, yeah. Roll this note up. I've looked at him, he's looked at me, he's there, he's just looked, literally he's up there. I've just gone like this. And wipe the side as well. <laughs> <laughs> he's come running over, grabbed the bag. I said, like, what? He's like, you're under I said, what for? He's looking in the bag. He's like, cocaine. I said, where? He's like, he's like where's cocaine? I said, just lift it, you dickhead. What are you doing? He's like, no, you're under arrest. He's put me on the sofa for a minute while he's like collecting his thoughts. By now, I'm slipping my phone out of my pocket, taking my SIM card out and that, trying to my SIM card. Oh, man, I was naughty, yeah? Gone to the police station because I got arrested for like, probably being out of my face or something like not not some sort of like 
disorder or suspicion of cocaine. Anyway, I got to the sergeant's desk. The sergeant got this empty bag. He said, did you really sniff a line of coke in front of my <laughs> officer? I said, I weren't going to let him bring it here in an, office, in, a, in an evidence bag, was I? Char- charge me for it. Come on, lad, have a word, mate. You just, do you know what? You, I can see the admiration in his eyes. He's like, yeah, real deal, mate. Real deal. Talk about getting rid of the evidence. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what about ecstasy? Did you try that and ketamine? Never, never. I've been, do you know what it is? You know them drugs that like might like alter your mind that much? I get scared that they won't come back. Look, my mind's already as out there as possible. Sorry. So in this gang activity then, you weren't really hammering the drugs? The more cocaine I was selling, the more I was kind of using it as well because it's like you're in the party scene, girls love it. Like you'll see like when you sell coke, you get like 10 girls ringing on Friday and like, what are you doing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? Are you on it? <laughs> no, but you are clearly ringing me. <laughs> so how did the P1 then start getting into heavier illegal activity? Was it just, just the profits in the drug illegal drug market, was it? I'll, I'll be honest though, yeah. Like a lot of the lads who were operating in that gang, yeah, like... W- but they weren't like it weren't a joke no one was really kind of doing it for bravado or doing it for like I'll be honest like people were committing crime because A we believed at the time it was the best thing that we could do for our families and to support our families but B it's kind of all we knew type of thing well it was all I knew I won't talk about other people it's not good to talk about other people so I try not to do that but me myself um, it was all I knew how to do and it was what I seen the best thing I could be doing so that's what kind of what hurts and that's kind of what I want to change the people's perspective because like for me it's been very hard to make a transition and living the life I have like they say in too deep do you know what I mean I went to the neck do you know what I mean I was I was trying to like climb back to the top well that's what's so impressive else. about your story man is that you've you know you've got out of all this come through it you're obviously an impressive you know dynamic intelligent man and you to, to write this book so the links for this book is available worldwide on Amazon from innocence to arrogance and the links are going to be in the description box below this video if anyone wants to, to click over and read that. Now, Ezekiel's brought his paperwork along from the Crown Court sitting in Birmingham. The above named faces allegations upon an indictment which contains three counts which relate to him Count one, conspiracy to possess a firearm with intent to endanger life. Count two, conspiracy to possess firearm with intent to cause fear and violence. Count three, conspiracy to possess, acquire a shotgun without holding an appropriate certificate. This document should be taken that notice is given that the application will be made to dismiss, blah, blah, blah. Um, So... How did it get to this weapons level then from what you've just described? Oh, what happened is, yeah, like, um, in England, a lot, a lot of people own firearms, but they, like, they'll own a firearm, but it'll be in their mate Dave's loft or in their cousin Sean's um, floorboards. For the Americans watching this, guns are illegal in this country. Yeah, guns are very illegal in this country. So they're not actually going to use this gun if they have an argument with someone or something in the heat of the moment that person is going to be gone it's very unlikely that they're going to use that gun so as a Jamaican we call these people a gun bag because it's like they're storing gun. you're like a bag for a gun so we call them a, a gun bag literally what it what it says because they are literally the bag that's just holding this gun they're not going to use it for anything so in my eyes they're idiots yeah 
So they're not a good man. They're not going to shoot no one. They're a plastic gangster. You've got loads of firearms that you don't even probably know how to use. So I hang. I spent used to spend a time a lot of time with Asian people. Now, a couple of my Asian mates at the time they liked to collect firearms, so they liked to have firearms. Now, at the time, it was one of my best friends at the time. Now he had quite a lot of firearms. The reason why I can say this is because he's currently doing fifteen and a half years for this. So this is not new knowledge. This is not me telling the police anything. I'm not looking to tell the police nothing, nothing, nada, zilch. Yeah. So, so, do you know what I mean? They've took my liberty away, and I want I want to help people. I want to help criminals. I don't think that condemn. I'll explain that. I don't want to. Conde- I don't think that condemning anyone. I think that educating people. And helping them to be the best they can is the way forward instead of just saying, I'll lock you in a jail and not teach you nothing. Yeah, so what happened was this Asian friend of mine who liked to store firearms, um, I liked to grow weed at the time because growing weed made money. So I had two big cannabis factories and I was going to tend to one of my cannabis factories. How many plants? Well, it was two rooms, two of the biggest rooms in a three-bedroom house converted into a cannabis factory. So I just put like... I think it's 12 lights on in each room, a big, massive, like, mountain air, carbon air filter from the floor to here, and, like, a big intake fan, all industrial equipment in every room. How, how long, before we get to the, back to the gun stuff, how long had you been running this cannabis operation then? Oh, no, I just literally put them up because... Um, so this was the first time? It was the first cycle, yeah, when they got chopped down. Otherwise, he probably would have given me life for a few <laughs> cannabis, give me five years for a few plants. <laughs> I asked the judge if he's high. I said, are you high? <laughs> he sent me. Um, yeah, so what happened with this guy? So I'm on the way from where I lived at the time to this cannabis factory because it wasn't in my city. So I get in the car with my friend at the time, we're driving. He says, you got any weed on you? I said, I ain't, you know. He says, can you get some weed? So I says, yeah, we'll go and see my Asian friend, the one who likes to store loads of guns, yeah? So we stop at his house. He comes outside. He brings me like 20 pounds worth of weed. I said, look, get in the car. He says, why? I says, get in the car. He's like, so he jumps in the back of the car, says to my mate, drive. He's like, now, where are you taking me? Where are you taking me? I said, shut up, man. I'm taking you to show you something. He's like, now, where are you taking me? I need to be back at five o'clock. I said, don't worry. I'm taking you to show you my cannabis factory because when it's ready, you're going to buy it all. He says, yeah, yeah, okay. He goes, will you have me back? So we drive to Warsaw from Coventry. I'm in the house, water all these plants. There's 88 plants, but they're in like 50 litre buckets, smart bags, yeah? One light, two plants. Yeah, seven week veg. Anybody who grows weed. (laughs) So I'm watering these plants. He's just pottering around. Chubby Asian geezer is chubbing around. I'm looking around a lot. I'm watering these plants. I say, come, let's go. Jump in the car, drive back to country. We're being surveillanced by the serious organised crime unit all morning. So from I got picked up by my mate to this guy's house, I'm already under surveillance. But we've been under surveillance before this anyway. So I'll type Donna Hunt. Sorry. So, yeah, um, he's in the car. We water the plants, get back in the car, come out of the cannabis factory. I lock the door. The police take a lovely picture of some blacked out van down the road. Literally see me like this. <laughs> I'm like, ah, put it on my Instagram. Like, yeah, you. Oh, it curtains. So it's not my house. <laughs> it wasn't me. Yeah. So I get in the car, we're driving back to Coventry. Pull up in Coventry. He goes, oh, my car's not outside my house. I need you to take me to this lad, Dave's house. David. So I'm thinking, okay, I know who David is. Just some normal guy from the area. He does a few little errands for my friend, the Asian guy. I'll drop you to David's house. It's only two minutes from your house. It's not an issue, yeah? 
drive. So come on, mate. Right, left, right, left. Park up. So David's house. Say, my bro. He says, nah, 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 nah. Wait here. I need to run in David's house for a minute and then drop me to my house. I'm thinking, whatever. You know what I mean? I'm just waiting to go home to meet my missus because she finished work about five o'clock. Remember, he needs his back five o'clock. Missus finishes work five o'clock. Happy wife, happy life at the time. It wasn't my <laughs> wife, thank God. But yeah. So I said, okay. He goes, do you know what? Come in. <clears throat> so I thought, nah, nah, just do what you're doing, innit? Like, hurry up. I'll wait for you. He goes, nah, nah, come in. Then I thought, do you know what? Davey's a pot. Davey's a pothead. David, his name is. He's a pothead. Like he likes cannabis. Yeah, he likes smoking cannabis. I like smoking cannabis at the time. I thought I've just been sitting in the car for forty minutes. I'll stretch my legs, smoke some cannabis, waste the two minutes that I would have been sitting in the car. Get back in the car. Complete the day. So I get out of the car, walk into the house. When I walk into the house, close the door. Just about to say to David, break the weed out. Oh, look, there's shotguns there, like three, four shotguns. So I'm looking at these shotguns. I'm thinking, I look at my Asian mate, I look at the shotgun. Because he hasn't told me there's shotguns in his house, yeah? So I'm looking at him, looking at the shotgun. Say, bro, me here, shotguns here, not my business. Me not earn no money here. Why am I, I my presence isn't needed here. This is what I'm saying to him, yeah? He's like, oh, no, no, wait. Basically, he's looking to show off or, you know what I mean? I'm thinking, mate, I said, look, I've got 150 grand worth of weed growing right now. 150,000. It's not the world, it's not the world full of money, but it's, it's quite a bit of money, 150,000 pounds. I'm saying, I'm trying to stay under the radar at the minute, yeah? I'm trying to stay out of police attention, yeah? And you're bringing me to a house where there's firearms. I said, are you, are you dumb? He's like, nah, 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 they're getting picked up in a minute. I said, what the fuck do you mean they're getting picked up in a minute? By then, I look to my left, the door's open, some big white guy come in. His name's Andrew Mercer. Feel free to Google him for anyone who thinks that I talk noise because that don't happen. So anyway, Andrew Mercer's walked in the house. You're right, Mercer, have you watched this? Sam? So he's walked into the house. He's like, oh, you all right? Me? I was like, yes, Mercer. I'm, I'm good, but I'm not good. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm happy to see you, not under these circumstances. <laughs> this dickhead's... So he's he's got carpet gripper boxes. He started ripping carpet grippers out of the boxes. He's got plastic. He's wrapping shotguns up. He's wh whacking them in the carpet gripper boxes. I said, yo, you man have got literally 60 seconds and I'm out of here, bro. It's not even a joke. I said, so look, anyway, it's been emotional. Hug Mercer, let's go. Walked out the house. Police are still watching this house. Jumped in my car, dropped him, went home. I forgot all about it. Forgot literally all about this. Yeah, Sean, Sean, I forgot all about it. About a, two, about a week later, I wake up in the morning in my apartment. I get a phone call. You all right, bro? He says, yo, what's going on? He says, you never guess what? I says, what? He says, I'm, I've just opened my front door. This is my uncle's next door neighbor. So this is my uncle's next door neighbor on the phone. I haven't told you about my uncle yet. So I said, yeah, what's up? He goes, I'm looking outside your uncle's house now. There is a rainforest on the drive. I said, what do you mean? He says, I know you did, I thought you were growing a few plants. But there's a rainforest, like the whole driveway is covered in plants, like up to my shoulder. And they're not plants, they're like bushes. He's like, I've never seen anything like this before. I was like, oh my life, I've just lost £70,000. And my uncle's getting arrested. My mum's little brother. I'm thinking. So this is my start to the day. Yeah, hello, bam, it's my start to the day. <clears throat> so I jump in my car, I go and see this girl who I'm seeing at the time. I say to her, I've just lost 75000 quid. Yeah, this is how I get convicted of this crime. Drive off Guess what she does Texts her friend Say he's just lost His crop 75 grand When police raid Her house over drugs The same day They take her phone 
it's not my crop. Yeah, of course it ain't, mate. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, so I didn't know that anyway. So I've gone to her house. I said, look, I've just lost my crop. Get back in the car. I'm driving with two of my mates about an hour later. After I'm thinking, shit, what am I going to do about my uncle's crop just going missing? Police just block me in on every side. Boom, boom, boom. Jump out of the car. They do. They open the car doors. They grab my phones. Take the keys out of the ignition. Put handcuffs on all three people in the car. And leave the car. So they go and stand like two meters away and they're all talking like this. So I'm sitting here, Sean, in this car like this. Silence. My three mates. And these officers, literally, they've just gone, bow, 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 jumped out, took the keys, opened the door. This is what he done was he opened the door. He's opened the door. He's reached down because literally it, was, it happened that quick. I only had time to slide my phone like that out of my pocket. They've grabbed my, they've opened the car door. Literally, it's like he knew I'd done it. It's like he's done that a hundred times. This Because he didn't even look like, he didn't even search me. It's like he knew. Open the car door. He goes, I've got his. I've got his. He's waving my two phones. I've got his. I was thinking, nah. Walked off. I'm like this. So I said, excuse me, what the fuck are you doing? They goes, oh, we can't tell you. I said, what do you mean you can't tell me? Are you like nuts? This false imprisonment. So you give me 15 years for this. You would for kidnap, false imprisonment. You give me about 15 for this. Tell me what you're arresting me for or I'm going to put a complaint in and you're going to be arrested for this. Do you know what I mean? You're going to get, you know, this is this ain't happening. So I've seen him whisper to a lot of his mate and I like, Come back over. Are you under arrest for conspiracy to cultivate cannabis? I'm thinking, well, okay, they've connected the dots with my uncle, yeah, who I've just had the phone call this morning. This will make sense. It's only half of my cannabis growing operation at the time. (laughs) I can live with it, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sitting there. They've got me out of the car, took me to the police station, um, at the back of the police station. But as he's pulling the police station, it's like he's stopping Sean. He's stalling. This guy's mad stalling. This copper. So I'm thinking, what's it? And I can hear like the radio going, yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm at the back of the garages. Is it like brown garages? Like, yeah, there's like no houses on the left. And I'm thinking, that sounds like my missus at the time's house. What he's describing on the radio. So you can see me like leaning forward a bit. Like my ears are well and truly perked up. Like one of them pincers. My, my ears are like that right now. Yeah, I'm like, and he see my interest. He's turned the radio down. I'm thinking, you bastards. So you've put me in these cuffs. You've slapped my uncle's house. You put me in his cuffs. Now you're going to raid the bird's house who I'm seeing. I'm thinking, you lot are mocking me, man. Gone into the police station. I'm sitting there. Already know I've lost £70,000. Yeah. Already have suspicions about this, the girl's house that I'm seeing at the time because what he's described ain't your average street. I'm sitting there. So I walk up to the sergeant when it's my, you're right, Sarge. Yeah, what's going on? He says, nothing, obviously you've been placed under arrest. I'm saying, yeah, what's the charge though, Sarge? Because these are talking about like cultivation. So I'm talking to him. He says, yeah, it's con- it's uh, cannabis cultivation. I said, what address though? He said, no, 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 not address, addresses. You know the house in Warsaw that I'd watered, yeah? Yeah. I'm saying, what do you mean addresses? He says, yeah, um, a, a 30 Lord Street in Warsaw and uh, my uncle's house in Southampton. I'm thinking, oh my God, I've just lost another 70,000 oh. quid. So that's one, well, 75, that's 150 for the day, yeah? I've just looked, my mate sitting behind me, so I've just turned around and looked at him in his eyes as if to say, did you hear that? <laughs> and he's looked at me as if to say, I heard that. And I look back at the sergeant. He's like, yeah, book him in, whatnot. This is a beautiful story. <laughs> You're going to love this. <laughs> so um, I'm gone to my cell, sitting in my cell, the geezers come out, pop the door, fingerprints, yeah? So I walk to my fingerprints. I'm... Composed. Yeah, so so I walked to my fingerprints. 
it, this is hard to believe, yeah. This is hard to believe, but this happened, yeah, on my name, on my on this book. Read this book and feel free to comment on it on Waterstones. If I talk shit, yeah, from innocence to arrogance. If I talk shit, I want you to write it on on Waterstones, Amazon, whatever review, write it. So anyway, I'm in there doing my fingerprints. Guys, what you've been arrested for? I'm thinking for. I'm already pissed off, agitated. A voice, like not a voice. It's like I've had like it's not. I can't even say it's a premonition, but like something within me has said. The girl who you go and see where the garage is, is in this police station now. Yeah. If you carry on doing your fingerprints, you are finished. Like you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. You need to move. So I'm thinking, nah, how can I know that? I'm not, I've not got no divine um, powers or anything like that. Do my fingerprints. LeMay, are you not hearing this? This is what this this voice within me is saying, like this feeling. It's like it's literally talking to me as clear as I'm talking to you. Look, you prick, stop putting your fingers on that piece of glass, rolling your fingers. Go. I'm doing my fingerprints. I swear, I've just literally gone. Do you not know fuck this? I didn't push him, but I've gone, do you not know fuck this? I've kind of like moved him. I've come out of that room. I've done a right, I've done a left, I've done a right. You know the door where the police go to stand behind the sergeant's <laughs> desk? Take my soul or any one of my loved ones in the next seven days if I'm lying, yeah? Yeah. You know the door where the police go to go behind the sergeant's desk? Yeah. I'll push that open. As I push it open, who's standing up? <laughs> the same girl. Do you know what I said to her? GQS solicitors, Veranda Garwal. Do not speak to anyone. Veranda Garwal, GQS solicitors. Do you want... Get him out of here! Get him out of here! Get him out! Veranda Garwal get him fucking <laughs> but yeah she asked for Veranda Garwal <laughs> well done man I had a similar experience um, May 16 2002 SWAT team come and I'm in there with my girlfriend and I just start yelling I'm exercising my right to remain silent love I'm exercising my right to remain silent love and they're like, get him the fuck out of here. And they grab me and throw me Stop. down the stairs. Yeah. I bet they did. Yeah. They don't like that. They don't. No, they don't like that at all. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I had another one when I got raided. Up there. Um, I was living in Leamington Spa in a studio apartment. Um, I had some Polish guy at the time. He'd been in my house all night. So from about 10 o'clock at night till half three in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, I'm sitting there talking to this Polish guy. <clears throat> He wants to start working with me. Watch the feet. Sorry. <laughs> he wants to start working with me, yeah? Selling drugs. So we're talking about this and that and the other. And he brought with him about five ounces of pure amphetamine. So Polish one is much better than the English one. Or so I'm told I've never taken it. I've dabbled in the sale of it. So he says, look, take this. It's very good. Like you can take this, give it to your people and that. I'm saying, bro, I don't really sell amphetamine. I was just mainly coke and weed and that, yeah? He's like, no, you can take it. I said, you know what? All right. So about half an hour after his visit, so we're talking about 11 p.m., I've put it in the freezer. Fridge, freezer, I can't remember. Fridge might have been. Fridge, maybe. Freezer, freezer, I put it in the freezer. So I'm sitting there and we're talking literally for four or five hours. I've just met this kid, but it's kind of like we clicked. He's going to go now at four o'clock in the morning, yeah? I've said, you know what? Take this stuff in it because I don't want it in here. Like, I don't, like, if I want it, if someone wants it, was interested, I'll call you, yeah? So I'll give it him. He took it, locked the door. As he's locked the door, I've got like this big chair. I've barricaded the door, yeah? So wedged it in between the wall, this chair, so you can't open the door. Gone upstairs to bed, lying in bed. All goes bang, 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 bang. I'm thinking someone trying to come and kill me or something. So I've jumped up, bang, then the bang. I'm thinking, no, it's got to be police because they're being too loud, yeah? So bang, police. 
So I've jumped up. I thought, what drugs have I got? So I'm literally going, what have I got to hide? There was a tiny bit of coke on the side, Sean, yeah? But it's a studio apartment. So your bedroom overlooks the living room. And it's like on the side of the bed. Like the, I've gone, <laughs> it's gone, like I've icing the, 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 the living room floor a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. Just enough so you can see it. <laughs> so then, yeah, I used to, then I had a bit of weed there. I've just kind of like, forget that. Then I thought, what should I do now? I thought, nothing. You good? Get back into bed. <laughs> going, blam, blam. I heard him say, the door's barricaded after about the fire. Blam, 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 blam. Finally, push, doors exploded. Come running upstairs. I was thinking, okay, be nice. So I'm lying in bed, yeah. <laughs> be nice. He's come up with a ballistic shield first, about that wide. Uh, it's leather it's like leather but it must have some sort of metal or something inside it like folds it's got like a little window in it police on the top you've got helmets and that he's like edged them in first there's like five six of them coming ah police ah police I'm saying what, what jumped on me with the ballistic shield so sandwiched me with the ballistic shield I don't know whether that's whether I had a weapon I, I was like this obviously then yeah he's in full right gear as well he's on top of me I was like what are you doing? I've been in the car crash. I've been in the car crash. I said, my neck, my neck. I hadn't been in the car crash. I was just thinking, I didn't, I didn't want him to go Rodney King on me. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, there's no witnesses here, man. So I've been in the car crash. He grabbed my head. So you shouldn't sell drugs then. Head down, zip tied, towel over the head, in a car, gone to jail. For an air rifle in my cupboard, they said it's an assault rifle. Six months, about four months on remand. How old were you on that occasion? 24. And the other one, the weed one, how old were you then? With the weed one? Yeah, well, you, the weed one you just described. Oh, oh, wait, oh that was 26? 26. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to the first one then. You got put on remand for four months, did you say? Yeah, for the firearm after that happened in Leamington. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't actually... What, what was your first actual that time? That wasn't that firearm. That's a different firearm offence. Okay, let's get to that one then. Okay, so the firearm offence that relates to endangered life and stuff... Yeah. Was so... We watered the cannabis factory. We've come back to Coventry. We've gone in the house. The guns are there in the house. Mercer's there. He's put the guns. I've walked out the house. Mercer's done whatever he's done with the guns, yeah? When I've started getting raided, they've also raided that house that we were in having that meeting. They found one shotgun that was left in that house. They followed Andrew Mercer, raided a house that Andrew Mercer had transported these carpet gripper boxes to and found three more shotguns and a 44 caliber handgun, yeah? All of these firearms had ammunition. So what the Crown Prosecution was saying, that they were saying that not the Asian chap, they were saying me and the Asian chap are part of an organised crime gang of which I'm the drug enforcer because they found messages off my phone threatening to do various things to people who hadn't paid drug debts, yeah? So they said, you're a drug enforcer and used to run an organised crime gang. So our defence says, yeah, but you're saying that these are guilty of conspiracy to endanger life. Who's the victim? They said, because these are drug dealers with guns and because they've got ample ammunition for all of these guns, anybody's in danger. So it's anybody's life. Basically, if you come up to me and say, you this, 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 and I don't like it, I'm going to take the heater out and start lighting you up in that. So it was just, a, it was basically, they were just trying to give us 20, 30 years for, because, for a, a a collection of other things. Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. So besides remand then, what was your first prison sentence? How many years? A two do one. Two do one. What does that mean? Um, there's a song just come out by Rimsey. It's called two do one. So okay. basically two years, you get two years and you have to do one. Okay. Yeah. So that first one then, where did you get transported to? Oh, so I just turned 21, Sean. This is my first ever time in prison. So I was selling drugs in Coventry. 
19, 20, doing very well. So like, I wasn't doing very well. I was selling drugs. So at the time I thought I was doing very well. There's a price in, to pay. In hindsight, no, in hindsight, I was just, I was building a path to my own destruction. In hindsight, that is true. That's the truth. So yeah, I thought that I was doing well, selling drugs. It's about 20. And I was going out with this girl. She was an accountant at the time. She turned around to me. She says, have you heard of this stuff called methadrone? It's called MCAT, methadrone. It's like, it was illegal high at the time. People used to sniff it or bomb it or whatever. So I said, no. She says, people in villages are taking it. It's like cocaine. I said, I've never heard of it. I can be like, co- I've sold cocaine for you. What are you on about? She's like, no, no, it's really big. I says, where do you get it from? She says, the internet. So I said, you're trying to tell me who's a drug dealer, your little posh village girl, you're telling me that I can go and buy a drug that's like cocaine off the internet. She says, yeah. So I asked someone else, is this true? They said, yeah. So I just said to my friend, look, start ordering three kilos wherever we can get them from. We're going to take them off these little dickheads. Who, fucking, some little, little posh boy selling fucking kilos of drugs. I said, they're, they're mine. <laughs> they belong to me, mate. So yeah, so we, um, me and one of my friends, we got arrested for taking three kilos of methadrone off some kid in Sheffield. He said that we pulled up on a dark night in Sheffield. We'd arranged to meet him, pulled up in Sheffield, pulled a gun out to him, um, or yeah, and t- took this methadone off him or something. So you're convicted of that then? Yeah, I got convicted of it. So, 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 you, so you, there's no uh, repercussions talking about that then? No, no. So what weapon did you have? I didn't because um, what actually happened is it, it, originally the guy said that it was a knife, but... It might have been a gun. It might have been a knife. Who knows? I've got a bad memory. But <laughs> because he, there was no like damage done to this guy and he said it was a knife, yeah. the judge kind of said, look, you two are already in way too deep or you three or whoever was involved in that. And they're saying, look, well, so on that basis there, I'm going to sentence you as if there was no weapon, but I'm going to sentence you for taking £13,000 worth of something that wasn't yours off someone. So how easy is it to get a gun in Coventry? Depends who you are. Yeah. What what do they cost? Depends who you are as well. Like because if someone who's a no one wants a gun, he's gonna get I don't know, he's gonna probably get his money taken off him. <laughs> so so like in Arizona, fifty dollars can get you like a Saturday night special. Wow. What is it a lot more expensive sure, let's than this go country? Arizona. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, 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 a thirty eight special was you No, no, Saturday night special, a throwaway. Saturday not special. That's a thirty-eight spinner, is it? Is that what it is in this country? Is it? Is it? Is it a revolver? Is it, you on about a revolver? Small gun. I'm on about just a throwaway. Throwaway. But what type of? They call it a Saturday night special because you go and use it on Saturday what night. What does it look like? Does it, does it have a chamber? Does it spin? Does no, it, has it got a clip? no, they got they got varieties of guns. Oh, just oh, old guns. Oh, Saturday not special. What I'm saying is old guns. Yeah. In different parts of the country, guns are cheaper than other places. So where there's loads of shootings and, yeah. and, and, and really high level of firearm crime, guns mm-hmm. are typically cheaper there. If you're heavily connected yeah. and you've got links in the major cities in this country, if you can't get a firearm for 1,500 quid, 2,000 quid, then you're not as serious as you think you are. 1,500 quid for yeah, a gun? Yeah, guns ain't cheap. What, do you want it to blow up? Is that up? how much it is in this country? Well, if you get a deactivated firearm, someone's drilled the barrel and ordered some firing pin from fucking Iraq or something and yeah. fucking welded it together yeah. and blow your hand off, then yeah. Wow. But if you want a proper, you want the proper job, innit? You've got to pay the proper money, innit? Wow. Well, America's got more guns than people and guns are legal, so that's why it's dirt cheap to get a throwaway. Yeah. That's the difference between this country and that country, I guess. Yeah. All right, so... 
first prison sentence what's the name of the prison I went to oh yeah I went to HMP Doncaster so I'm from Coventry the Midlands mm-hmm. first time I got locked up for robbing some guy in Sheffield I just drove up there I've never been to Sheffield before in my is that life the methadone guy yeah the methadone guy okay. so we only drove up to Sheffield to do a robbery I yeah. weren't going there to have tacos or anything <laughs> like that do you know what I mean so drove there in, in the cover of night done the robbery come back yeah next time I'm going back up there it's daytime with the robbery squad looking to get remanded <laughs> so, so how do you just you say you just I just went there and did the robbery like, did you stake the place out or anything? What happened was we rang him. He told us where we where he was. We went there and robbed him. So you just basically <laughs> presenting yourselves as buyers and then said, "Give me all your fucking drugs." Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm outside number twenty nine now. Can can you see me? I'm just get on the floor. <laughs> so he didn't he didn't resist. He had no muscle. Yeah, yeah. Comply or all right. So you, so you go into what? What was the prison again? HMP Doncaster. What was that like? Oh, it was. I was because I'll be honest, yeah. I don't really get scared easy. Mm. When I was in the holding cells of the court, thinking, look, I'm going to some. I thought it was like it's gonna be Nazis in there. <laughs> I'm thinking it's gonna be like I'm in Yorkshire. Do you know what I mean? I've never. I didn't think black guys were in Yorkshire. I was thinking it's curtains <laughs> for me, mate. Farmer Giles and his mates are gonna run train on me. I was thinking I'm yeah. in problems, mate. <laughs> I was literally. Oh, do you know what the robbery squad police officer said to me as well? So I'm in the like he's got me out of the police station to take me to court or something like that yeah so i'm in the car he's gone to me i said look mate on the level yeah like i understand your job you understand my job yeah what are the chances of me getting bail i've never been to jail before mate like level with me do you know what i mean i literally like ask this skis a lot fuck that you're in the robbery squad for two minutes yeah and just give me your personal opinion what's gonna happen he goes tell you what mate he says if you don't get remanded today I'll meet you outside the courthouse with an eight for weed and we'll go and have a game of snooker. So I'm remanding you into custody HMP Doncaster. I was like, yeah. So first day? First day, you just kind of like, I'm one of them people like, even though I can be fairly confident and talkative, certain situations, I know it's best to shut the fuck up and just like kind of like gauge things a bit slowly like do you know what I mean good prison survival advice there if you're going in lay low yeah be quiet you don't end up going up to purple Aki and saying you're from around here mate do you know what I mean end up with a 12 inch pole in your back wheel or something you know what I mean (laughs) so go on describe take you going in your cell is it a dorm is it you know I just walked in now I'm thinking this place is filthy yeah that was my first thing I'm thinking has no one ever heard of antibacterial wipes or something like (laughs) come on then like I've just Everything's just a shock to the senses. Like when they first opened the cell, I'm like, they're seriously putting human beings in here. Two beds. I'm on the bottom bunk, uh, top bunk. And then like literally just walking, there's a toilet there. Like your pad mates got to have a shit in the room with you. It's, disc- it's literally like, you're just sitting there thinking, what's happened to my life? That's it really. So where I was housed, if your pad mates having the shit, you have to like drop one, flush one, drop one, flush one. And your cellmate usually like you'll turn away or whatever. Is the like manners that you have to have when you're doing it in the UK? I didn't really have a cellmate much, but when I did, I'd say, look, mate, the door gets open two, three times a day in it. So you can use the toilet when the door's open. But because I like to use the toilet really early in the morning, I'll be like, <laughs> like he's not waking up. <laughs> I don't know how that smile ain't waking up now. I'm joking. <laughs> did you get along with your first cellmate? Yeah. I'm, I threw, I've never really had a, altercation with a cellmate I threw a kettle I boiled the kettle and threw it on one of my cellmates once can you give us that whole story break it down how that came about then okay then I was in HMP Hewell and um, one of the lads from Coventry 
Yeah. Sorry about this, Bam Bam. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. One lad from Coventry. He's a white lad. A bit bigger than me. Like, he said to me, look, should we share a cell? So I said, okay, then. Seemed like an alright lad. So we should share a cell. But like, I used to kind of like look after him a little bit. Not as such like anybody could bully him or anything like that. But like, I used to kind of like, people know he's my cellmate. He'd get a little bit more respect in the prison, yeah? So one day, this really big guy, I'm talking like he's a bit cockeyed and that, yeah? Like, big guy, like, been involved in some pretty naughty stuff. He's like, he's a pretty heavy guy, innit? Like, no matter what city he's from. Big, older than me. He's like, yo, said to me, he's like, sent a message over to me, look, fill your man in, like, beat this guy up, my padmate. But I had been, he'd been my padmate for about three months now, two months. So... Did he give you any reason why? Like, he was he's saying, anything? long story short, this guy's done some sort of violation to him. Nothing major, but something. And he's saying, look, you're one of the lads, give your man a hiding. So I thought, with all due respect, this guy will probably watch this one day, I thought, I know you, I respect you. You clearly have a level of respect for me, but I don't work for you. You've never done me a, a favour of this enormity before. I'm my own man. I'm a leader. Just because you say beat this guy up, that's not happening like that. Do you know what I mean? So obviously I told you, man, officer, you got my man text saying to me, sending messages over to me, telling me to beat you up just because I'm sharing a room with you. I said, you a dickhead. I said, come on, man, you're not my girlfriend, bro. Like, what are you involved me in your bullshit? Do you know what I mean? And it's not even like, it's like normal stuff. People are just saying to do you in and that. I'm saying like, sort it out with him. So that was the end of it. Give me a bit of an ear bashing. But your man weren't too happy. Not like he could say anything, Lord, gonna, he's going to say anything, but he wasn't too happy. Like with, he sent an order. It ain't got carried through. He's got sent back to him. But you have to hold that down. You know what I mean? You have to deal with that, if anything. So we carried on being cellmates for a few weeks. <clears throat> I got a phone call on my illegal jail phone. Yeah. So... um. It was my friend from outside. He's saying, look, are you sharing a cell with my man? I was like, yeah. He's like, yo, fill my man in. So I'm thinking, what? I said, he's not in the cell at the minute. I was lying. I said, look, this is, and this was one of my mates who were in this gang at the time as well. Yeah, like, he's in my, like, he's proper in my circle at the time. He's like, fill my man in. I says, what's he done? So he's getting me to play. It weren't nothing too major, but if it was me, I would have wanted this guy to get a hiding, yeah? I'm a reasonable guy as well. Like I try and like see things from other people's points of view and at the time, it's not my mentality now. So I was thinking, so I said, look, he's not here now. Let him come back. And then I'm going to, I'll call you and speak to him. Put the phone out. So now I'm really going mad at him saying, look, my man's going to call back. Yeah. You need to speak to this guy and tell him to sort this out with you. Yeah. Cause this is your last straw in it. Does he owe money or something? No, it weren't even over money. It was just, stupid shit like your man's probably meant to sell him a stolen car he's sent someone to pick the money up not drop the car off or your man's my mate's had a stolen car put somewhere he's new way just bullshit like street crap so he says to me so I've rang my mate back as agreed no I didn't even ring my mate back my mate's rang me back because I didn't want to deal with this remember like I wish my mate didn't ring so he's rang me back yo is he back there in the sun now I'm saying yeah I said yo yo speak to him. I said yo listen I said one sec so I answered the phone I walked over to the kettle Press the kettle, board the kettle, put the kettle full of water, put the kettle on the side. I said, yo, bad man, listen. I says, I've just filled the kettle up full of cold water. Yeah. No, 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 no. I filled the kettle up full of cold water. I didn't say that. I filled the kettle up. Put it on there. I flicked the switch, covered the phone. I said, you've got till this kettle boils to convince my man not for me not to fuck you up and pass him the phone. Red lights on. He's like, oh, no, 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 no,
He started going. I said, yo, give me that fucking phone. Grab the phone. I said, yo, what are you saying? Should I fill his geezer in? He's like, yeah. Grab the kettle. Like, ah! I felt a bit bad after, innit? But it is what it is, isn't it? If you don't want to get burnt, don't go in the kitchen, innit? What, did you put the sugar in it? Nah, nah, nah. I didn't do him like that. Okay. What other... I still talk to him now. Yeah. Sorry, but you know I'm sorry. I've said sorry anyway, innit? It's all love, innit? Well, it weren't all love then, but... It's the real of the street, not. isn't it? What <laughs> other situations did you get in in prison that escalated to violence? I was on the phone in Doncaster, my first sentence. I'm on the phone talking to my missus at the time. Someone throws like a tea bag. They're just playing. But these are all Northern lads, Yorkshire lads. I'm not from, I'm from the Midland. Threw a tea bag. I'm on the phone. I've like threw it back up. Why'd you throw it back up? It's just messing around. He's ripped the tea bag, threw it down. So it's just like loads of bits. But it doesn't matter. It's petty. So I've gone like that. The white t-shirts come off. Carry on talking. Then I felt two drops of water. Not like a glass of water. No one's going to violate me like that. But two drops of water. So I said, yo, what the fuck are you man doing? Are you man taking the piss? They're, but they're hiding, throwing things. You know, like childish around the corner. Then he's come. When I've said, "What the fuck are you lot doing?" He's come round the corner. He's like, "You what, you silly little cunt?" I thought, "Oh shit!" So listen, I'm on the phone. Yeah, I'm like, I said, "Babe, this is exactly what I said." I said, "Babe, I'll call you back in the morning. Put the phone down. Got to walk straight up the stairs." Two, sorry, two of my friends were on the wing at the time. One of them was my gym partner. He's this big, literally. He's the biggest guy in the jail. Arms like his bench in 180 key. Short geezer, yeah? He's talking to one of my best friends like this. When you walk up the stairs, it goes all the way around the circle. They're standing by when you get to the top of the stairs. My best friend and my gym partner loves me talking like this. I've walked straight past them. I'm not one of these, oh yeah, bro, he said this. Forget all of that, yeah? So I'm walking towards where these guys are. He's just come out of his cell, the guy who was doing it. Big lad, much bigger than me. He's walking up to me like, like this, yeah? I'm saying, what, do you think I'm some fucking prick, yeah? He's walked up to me, he's put his head, like, as we got close to each other, I'm saying, you fuck, so I'm saying that to him, as it was got closer to me, he's put his head on my head. I'm thinking, this geezer don't know me. I've just gone, bang, uppercutted him. Boom, literally, without him moving, I've just gone, crack, crack. And then, I've like, yeah, as I've hit him twice, he's like, come down a bit. I've like, grabbed him around the waist, and I've tried to push him into the bars as hard as I could to snap his back against these bars. It's like two bars, isn't it? I've literally, with all my force, tried to ram him into these bars. And then as he hits the bars, I wanted to pull him forward, throw him on the floor, and I was going to kick the face off him. And the boot his teeth out of his mouth, yeah? So as I've pushed him into the bars, and I've gone to pull him, he's hit the bars, boom, and I've gone to pull him back, he ain't moved. It's like a tree. He's a bigger lad than me. He goes to the gym, like, big lad. So as I pull him, he ain't moved. He's like, stopped. I thought, oh shit, this ain't worked out. So then like he's, he's like, trying to wrestle me, he's trying to get a good good grip of me. But I'm like letting him get his grip because I've got a different motivation to him. As he's trying to get a grip, I've just bit his face. Around <laughs> his face. He's like, like a pig. I'm thinking, shall I bite this dickhead's face off? I thought I'm only doing a two do one. I'm gonna end up doing a fucking six do three or something on top of it. So as I'm biting him, and he's just squeezing, ah, trying to pull his mouth out my face. I've let go last minute, bam, 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 put another few screws will come in the middle, split it up. He's going mad. I'm still calm like this because it weren't personal. It was just like, you know what I mean? It was principle. So he's trying to get him. I'm saying, get them out of the way, then we'll carry on, innit? Get them get him out of the way and we'll fucking carry on. You know what I mean? Like the SO's come and see me. I've got locked in my room. The senior officer of the little house blocks come and see me. He said, I've just watched that on, on video. He said, you're fucking active. You are, ain't you? I said, you know, like, it is what it is, isn't it? Do you get put in the punishment block then and get lose your privileges or? No, they kicked him off the wing. The SO was that impressed with what I've done with these. He said, you know what, mate? My man can stay. <laughs> Miss this so, shall lay you out in the morning. And that's another prison lesson. If someone's on the phone, don't disrespect people when they're on the phone and visits. Phones and visits, you're speaking to your family. <laughs> don't ever mess with people. That's just a big, huge no-no. 
So he had it coming, didn't he? He did, he did. What was the craziest thing you ever experienced or saw in prison? Um, the craziest thing... <laughs> the craziest thing I've ever seen in prison, I opened my door in Winston Green. When my door got opened, as I've looked up on the landing, they were all my friends as well. So there's literally 20 lads. Like This was like one of the prison wings because I was probably on about 20 different prison wings in probably six different establishments, six different prisons. I know that's not a lot to some people, but six different prisons, various wings within these different establishments. So I have all of them, Winston Green um, on N wing, that's where the biggest gang was. So like in every wing, there's a little gang, like they're the lads. On this wing, the gang was a big gang. There's like 25 of us, 30 of us, but I was like humble once. So like I'd be there, but I'm humble. I've got nothing to prove. I've got nothing to, so I'm just there with them. But so I've, my doors got open. I've seen all 20 of them beating up one guy. They've got a, a tuna tin in a sock. One of them's whacking. This is blood squirting out his head. They're booting in his head. The officers are more or less watching it. The geezer is, I'm thinking they're going to kill this guy. Literally they're like, rrr, rrr, like they're doing some sort of groundwork on this guy. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm thinking, I'm like this. I can't say anything. They're my very close friends, but I can't tell them to... In their head, this is justified. Was he a sex offender or something? Nah, what he had done is one of the prison guards, yeah, so check how fucked up this is as well. One of the prison guards, his wife, this man had apparently pushed his wife over and robbed her bag or burgled her house or something to that effect with this prison officer. So this prison officer has regulated getting this prison prisoner brought to this wing and now this prisoner's been brought to this wing so he can get this pasting this beating so yeah they're filling the i mean this guy's having it yeah i don't know how he's got the energy but he's kind of like jumped up like this his blood spraying out of him he's like fell on the floor collapsed they've just dragged him out he's gone down the block healthcare they've just cleaned up the blood on the floor just kept it moving the social carried on association carried on so it sounds like you knew a lot of people inside so that probably like safety and numbers thing sounds like you're a pretty tough independent person as well do people challenge you very often not really because unless it's like a physical challenge I'm not really interested if someone's going on like their Johnny Bravo or I don't know Hulk Hogan or whoever I don't know who's a really bad guy I don't know Pablo Escobar I'll say it's your world I'll just live in it mate do you know what I mean if somebody wants to change that personal then I'll start putting balaclavas gloves on baseball bats knives whatever I have to do to protect myself and being the difference between me as a criminal and me now is I'll only commit crime if I have to I won't choose to do it no more I've kind of took it off the off the the, the table of things to do then if you like what was the worst part of prison for you then The worst part of prison. I try and look and take positives out of everything. So like being away from my mum and my dad and the people who really care for me and care about me, making them worry. Not even being away from them because you know what? I'm that, I can be that cold sometimes that I'll just turn off even like, not the love for them, but the love of wanting to see them. I'll just simply know, I can't see them today. I'm in prison, yeah? What the fuck are you thinking about that for? Do you know what I mean? But they're longing to see me. That was the worst part. And they're worrying about me. Not my worry for myself. They're worrying about me. So when you said you can be kind of cold, that's more like a self-protection mechanism. Yeah. Sitting there, oh, oh, I didn't see my mum for two months. Forget all of that. Did you have any birds visiting you? yeah I did I did I did when you were in jail having a girlfriend yeah just unless she's like the Virgin Mary 
herself or some sort of replica of her maybe having a, 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 a girlfriend or a wife in prison or something. It's a lot of strain. I'm not going to advise anyone. I'm not a marriage counsellor, but at the same time, like I know in my own personal experiences, like I've gone to jail two, three times. Like I've had a, been in a relationship before and it's just, it's, it's just more headache. In Arizona, they say that she left you for Sancho. That's the that's the slang that they use. You Sancho? That's what the name that they made up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, you see guys like stirring at the visitation car park. Yeah, the girls have been coming every week, and then the car doesn't come anymore. These guys, these tough guys, are like gutted. Then yeah. and they're like never the same because like I've got a saying: what don't break, what don't break out will make out. Or it definitely builds you up a little bit, and it's so like. Some of the things I've been through, because them charges there, when the police said that me and the Asian guy had the organised crime gang and that they, they were our guns and we had them to shoot anybody who opposes us, them charges there carry 20 years, 25 years. So when I was on trial for nine weeks looking at that sentence, that was the time in my life to be scared. And I'll be honest, I wasn't. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't. And when the police, like when we're going to court, we sit there, we sit in the courtroom and... um the the police would be there our counsel would be there so our barristers the police would be there the prosecution barrister I was knocking on the glass to the police serious organised crime unit I'm saying yo you lot are corrupt man I'm saying look you're fucking you're taking a piss they're going like this to me I was like you, you're saying we're the criminals what's this I'm saying what's, what's this this ain't straight I'm saying use a fucking use a U-turn and then the judge would come in stand up sit down when the jury would go out I'd start running the police I blew a kiss at the main officer in the case on trial. I stood there, took the dock, Sean. I don't even know. I stood, took the dock. I put my back to the jewelry like this, and I done. Blew a kiss at him. He's just looking at me as if to say, "You didn't just do that. You're looking at 25 years. You just took the stand. Ain't even asked what answered one question yet." I've looked at him. I've gone. Turned round, sorted out my suit, waistcoat, and that. Picked the decanter up, poured myself some water. I had a sip of water. I wiped my mouth. I said, "Mr. Phillips." That's how I addressed the prosecutor. Like, stand up, you little dickhead, Mr. Phillips. Then I burnt him and looked at the judges and said, what's going on with your boy? <laughs> <laughs> but inside, facing 20 years, that was stressful. No, I believed that I wasn't going to get 20 years for that because I wasn't I wasn't guilty of that. And I believe if I am very lucky, then I am going to get to turn this new page because because of my the level of criminal involvement I had, it's not just like you can walk away. You can't just walk away, Sean. You can't. Because let's say... Let's say six years ago, you might have been involved in an armed robbery where I went to jail for 40. I got 14 years in jail. And next year, I'm coming out, Sean. So do you know what, Sean? You mean you know each other. Me and you done that, yeah? Now, today's D-Day. So here, what's going to happen, yeah? I need you to go to the bank and get 20,000 quid out so I can buy this half a key of Coke that I've arranged to do with this guy. Now, I don't give a shit about this podcast, what you've got going on in your life. If your relationship was a certain way with this guy and you stand on your word as a man, and you made them deals seven years ago and he's done the jail for something that was you as well, you're going to get 20 grand out the bank, it? otherwise you're having a shootout or something, depending yeah. on who the person is. Everybody who worked for me had legal benefits. Yeah. So we're getting bail money, lawyers, all that stuff. So they wouldn't snitch and everyone was tight. Yeah. So when we all got sent down, over 100 of us, only four agreed to cooperate, which was pretty good. Wow. Yeah. That's good. So what's the scariest situation you've ever been in your life? Not having a purpose for living. Not having a purpose for living. What, what year was that? How'd that come about? 
Well, how that come about was um, I was arrested. I haven't told you about nothing about this. So this is a totally new topic. I was arrested for two attempted murders and conspiracy to rob. Yeah. What when, year is that? When I was 21. Okay. So it was 2011, 2012. Yeah. So I was arrested for these two attempted murders. And um, the police said that basically me and some other people burst into a house, um, a potential robbery. Also, the paperwork read from my understanding it's that serious so yeah they said that we burst into this house long story short some guy got chopped in his face he lost his eye and nearly died he got airlifted to hospital his daughter tried to intervene I think she was about 18 or 19 at the time she got chopped in her arm and nearly lost all movement of her arm I got put on remand for this Sean so yeah I was in jail for that so they tried to frame you for that then I was looking at life for that Sean yeah, yeah. so um, I was in jail and I was just thinking like this is not good, yeah. And then I had a, a case dismissal hearing and I, I, I got my freedom back. Thankfully, I managed to prove that I wasn't as involved as they might have thought or what. I don't know what, I don't know the finer details of that. But yeah, so I got my freedom back. So that case was dismissed. Yes, exactly that. Regina versus Galbraith. So um, I come home and I had, I just had my first daughter, yeah, a little girl. So... Her mum had got a new boyfriend because we had broken up as a result of me being arrested for such serious offences. She comes from a very good background. Her family are fairly posh or they they see themselves as like posh and like upper class people. So they've said, look, what this guy's involved in is too heavy. Yeah? You either go and live your life with him and we wash our hands with you or we'll, or we'll take care of you and whatnot. So she went to like, she chose to be with her family. She's got a new boyfriend. I've come out, her new boyfriend at the time has obviously thought this guy is too much of a gangster. He's way too handsome. He must have way too many, like, you know, I'm joking, but yeah. So he's he's told her to stay away from me, but I'm not interested in her. I just want to see my child, my daughter. So I go to court to see my daughter, county court. And like, we go through this hearing and whatnot and I prove her to be a liar. She said she's scared of me, but she met me the Thursday before in a solicitor's car park to talk to me. So I proved her to be a liar. She's on the stand. The solicitor's looking like, you You met him. <laughs> and sorry, is everything all right? Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, so I proved her to be a liar. Then I proved the social worker who makes the overriding decision also to be biased because she was saying, I don't like the way he didn't show empathy in regards to this. I'm saying, hold on. That was an alleged offence of which I wasn't prosecuted. Now you're saying because of that, you don't like that I didn't show empathy in that regarding that situation. You're saying that you didn't like the level of empathy I showed. So that means you're judging me over this because I wasn't prosecuted of this. This wasn't me. And you're referring to my level of empathy. Of course, I'm annoyed about being um, alleged of doing something that I wasn't involved in. So she's like, no, I never. I said, so, okay, now you're saying that you wasn't judging me on the level of empathy. So what is it? Because one of these statements are true, one's false. So you lied on one instance, which she sat crying, Sean. No representation, she sat crying. The judge ruled, I'm allowed to write three letters a year to my daughter, no contact in a contact centre. My daughter was two or three years old at the time. Three letters a year to my ex-partner's dad's house. Can three-year-olds read letters? I don't know. Anybody? Anybody? Do you know what I've done? I got up after that rule and I thought, do you know what? I'm going to destroy society. Yeah? I'm going to sell as much crack, heroin, coke. I'm going to cause noise. I'm going to literally, it's going to go off. Grand Theft Auto, Coventry, West Midlands, UK, 
Do you know what I mean? I'm talking about from Aberdeen to Southampton, but to Bournemouth and back. I'm just going to cause mess in it. And that's how I felt because I thought, do you know what? Fuck you's in it. Can't see my daughter. You mad. And I thought it's either that or do something very violent to these people. And that's my daughter's family and stuff. So I just thought like, I was, I was, I was pretty angry. Yeah, sure. I was pretty angry. So you mentioned earlier there was a murder. I assume that's a closed case now that the gang was involved in, that you wasn't involved in. Yeah. Are yeah. you able to talk about that if it's a closed case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, basically, one of my best friends still to this day, I was actually with the, the guy who actually committed the murder. I was with him two days ago. One of my very close friends. Um, he's not proud of it. He's not happy. Had he had, had a, if somebody invents a time machine tomorrow, I'm sure he'll go back. Um, that's very unlikely to happen, mind you. And yeah, my condolences to the people's family who lost that that man as well. That's not. I'm not saying that as any way of look. He's. I generally mean that from the bottom of my, of my heart. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So what happened was one of my friends allegedly went into a phone shop to get his phone fixed. Long story short, when he's getting his phones fixed, he's seen a delivery of phones. He's rang one of my best friends, super active. He's skidded up, hit the geezer over the head who's delivering this van of phones. The guy's died two, late, two days later in hospital. I'm getting hit in the head. Yeah, with a metal bar. Wow. So what sentence did... Yes, Egg. What sentence did um, your friend get? Well, um, apparently, yeah. Well, not apparently. Um, yeah, Greg, you're going to love this, Greg. Um, Perhaps keep names out. Well, no, he won't mind. He's my, okay. my brother. So, yeah, a couple of the lads who were arrested on the case, they were like, you better hold your hands up to... Because they, they were doing it for murder. For, for like 20 years 25 years he'd get for that yeah, yeah. and he wanted manslaughter because he went there to rob the van he didn't go there to kill the man he went yeah, to rob the van no premeditation so prosecution saying look you, you, you we're doing you for murder we're doing you all for murder so the whole gang collectively like even the lads who bought the phones because it was proper like an outfit it was literally our gang who was involved from the guy going in the phone shop to the van getting burnt in the countryside yeah so they say, no, we're doing you a lot for murder, all of us, yeah? So a few of the lads in the gang were saying to my mate, who actually done the murder, saying, look, you need to hold your hands up for this. He's like, no, nah, I'll hold my hands up to manslaughter. I'm not holding my hands up to, to murder. They're saying, look, if you don't hold your hands up to murder, then we're going to go, we're going to give evidence and that. You know, what's that about, man? You know what I mean? You spend the money, grab the phones, we don't want to do the jail, no? Everyone can be a bad boy when they're making phone calls and giving it all this and that. <laughs> so how long did he actually serve? I think he got about 11 or 12 years he did. I think he had to do about seven. He's still on license for it now. Yeah, he had to do about seven for it. Matt, he got he had a trial for the murder, got found not guilty of murder, uh, guilty of manslaughter. I think he got about 11, 11 and a half. Maybe down the road he'd want to come on the podcast. Yeah. So how did you go from that lifestyle to being this successful businessman now do you with, know what? with your book. Do you know what? Listen, things don't seem what they are. So people see this and they think, oh, look how he's an angel now. There's no such thing. Do you know what I mean? Especially when you've lived the life I had. This was literally an expression that's needed to be shared with the world to give us a deeper understanding of what these kids are going through who are being integrated into this life. A deeper understanding for us as parents to help like teach our kids and keep our kids away from this bullshit, man. But you're never going to get a crime story like this because I wrote this. And if, yeah, I wrote it and then I don't need to. At what point in your life did you decide to write it? I got advice to write it. A man advised me, he says, look, you'd be really good at writing a book and um, I think you've got an amazing story and uh, some amazing stories and I think you should share them with the world. He says, I have no doubt that they'll be international bestsellers. So, Was that before? Was that after prison? 
it was kind of like after I got my sentence, after I got acquitted of the last firearm charge with all the shotguns and the the Asian guy, um, on the day that I got found not guilty, the judge says so I was the only one in the dock that got found not guilty. So they were in the dock in the courtroom behind the glass. The the, the foreman's come back with his verdict. We're all looking at twenty years. A few of the lads at the bottom and the left are looking at maybe tens, eights, sixes. But me and your man, first on the indictment, we're looking at twenties. Stand up. I said, you man ready, yeah? Stood up. Count one, conspiracy to possess firearms with intent to endanger life. Blah, blah, blah. How do you find him? Guilty, Your Honor. I thought, oh my God. I just went out. They say, oh, you just got hit for six. Straight, yeah? Sensing guidelines are crazy there, yeah? Blah, blah, my, my name, my real name, um, conspiracy to possess firearms with intent to endanger life. Ezekiel King, how do you find him? Not guilty. I said, <laughs> um, yeah, and then the next count, the next count's 11 year sentence. So they said, conspiracy to possess firearms with intent to, with, with, with intent to cause fear and violence. How do you find him? Guilty, Your Honor. I was thinking, yo, you'd, that's a six and a four. <laughs> You've been hit for, yeah? How do you find him? On about me. Not guilty, Ron. I was thinking, yes, that's the 11 gone. The next count's probably four or five years. I was thinking, I'm not too bothered. Then he said, not guilty. Again, I thought full house. So the judge, when um, like other people have been found guilty and not guilty, guilty of various charges, not guilty of some charges. So when we sat down, the judge says, Ezekiel King, well, Monet, has been found not guilty of all counts. Could you release him? The prosecutor stood up and said, no, you can't release him. We, he's also on remand for cannabis factories and he's looking at a lengthy sentence for that so don't release it I'm like nah nah send me back to jail I want to go and tell the lads I told you I told you no 20 for me lads I've been living with them for two years I wanted to go back and give them the good news you must have been on a natural high then for a little bit also I still am to this day yeah yeah alright so what year did this person come into your life that started suggesting you write your story 2015 maybe 2016 and what how did the, who is this person and how did they enter your life well, he's a very rich Iranian man and he just simply like, I respected his intelligence. I respected what he's achieved in life. How, I, how did you know him? I just met him. I met him. I was doing a course, a mentoring course. Um, and like, we got on really well. Like I could tell he's very affluent and stuff. So he advised me to do it and I gave it a go. Like I started, I got a few pieces of plain paper and I drew lines across it, funnily enough. And I started writing and then I thought I needed a notepad. Why were you doing a mentoring course? Um, I wanted to like I wanted to get out of my cell so I was in prison at the time and I wanted to get out of my prison cell because just sitting there in daytime TV it's just like mind numbing like countdown um, and all this not that countdown's a bad show because I actually like countdown so sorry to use that as a reference <laughs> dun, 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 dun. but you know what I mean I was just thinking you're just making me dumb yeah so that's it so you wanted to get out of the cell you get on to the mentoring course. Is that what it's called? Mentoring yeah, mentoring, course. like mentoring, mentoring level one. So you're in prison, they want to teach you how to mentor. Because an Iranian dude, yeah. and he's not a prisoner. He was a prisoner. Oh, he was a prisoner. But he was in prison for something very minor to do with property neglect or something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. So you like this guy, you got respect for him. He yeah. says, why don't you start writing a book? You've got some good stories. Yeah. How's your brain reacting to that suggestion? I thought that's way too incriminating. Um, I thought if I write a book about selling drugs and then six months down the line, I decide to start selling drugs. I thought all the prosecution will have to do is say, look, this isn't a fictional story that Ezekiel Kings wrote. This is his actual life. 
nobody else has got the information to write this because this is what he does. Isn't it funny that this man stores his drugs and sells his drugs like this? And so does his, you know what I mean? So it was just kind of like, and I thought, no, it's too incriminating. But then I thought to myself, you, you don't actually want to be a criminal. You want to be somebody your family can be proud of. So give it a go. Like, Was that the first time you'd thought that you don't want to be a criminal? No, I've never wanted to be a criminal. It's just through, like, I, as far as I've seen it, it was either go to college for six years, get yourself in debt to earn minimal money for another 10 years, to then buy a house. It's going to take you another 15 years to buy. And then when it's all said and done, you're going to go on about 20 holidays and your kids are going to squander it probably in Vegas. So I was thinking, I'm just not feeling it. So I thought I'd far rather start putting lumps of cocaine in blenders and with benzocaine and putting it in carrier bags and under hydraulic presses. And it's better I can just buy designer clothes all day and eat eggs Benedict for breakfast. So you've got this, <laughs> you've got this battle going in your brain now. If I write stuff down, this is going to incriminate me. But you know, possibly I could just not be a criminal anymore and live a normal life and and write a book. What tips you over to start writing? My mum's happiness. I just thought to myself, do you know what? If I can't give something a go that can make my mother and my loved ones proud of me, then I'm a dickhead. And that's, I've never classified myself as a dickhead. I can't. But I'd like to think that I've got enough character. You know what I mean? Because we can all say, you know, and I'll just sell crack in it and I'll make two grand a week and buy the new Louboutins or something. But how many people are going to actually take that step to have that accountability so it's all well and good crying at your mum's funeral saying, oh, no, I could have made her so happy. Why didn't I just like just try for five years to make her happy when she's lying there in a box? How many people are going to say, do you know what? When my mum's lying in a box, yeah, at least she's going to be saying, do you know what? I'll give her some happiness, isn't it? What was the first thing you wrote? What What was the circumstances? Was that in prison? No, no, this, this, book's not, this book's not about prison at all. Nothing about this, no, prison. But, not but did, did you start writing it in prison? Yeah. And what was the first thing that you wrote? The reason why I started writing this book is because I wanted to share a generic journey with the world. Now, I believe that every serious criminal is the same. We're all popular. We're all um, physically able. We're all intelligent. And we all want the better things in life. We all didn't have the mentor, the mentors, or an, uh, enough education to enable us to excel and get where we want to go constructively. That's true of Pablo Escobar, you, me, and the leader of every gang in the country. So the reason why we've had to go through that journey is because we didn't understand it. So this will take you from a 15-year-old kid who has that same mentality as all of us, it will show how he's integrated and it's him giving us, because it's in first person, he's saying why he's doing this. So it gives us this outside perspective. And in having that outside perspective, it enables us to think about it and analyse it better because all the people who are living in this world, they're so in it, they can't see what's actually going on from outside. So this is giving everyone that five minute breather to step back and look at it, help us parent our kids better, help our kids understand it a bit better. It's just, this is about awareness. So you said about education, not not being able to take you far enough, shortcut, fast cash. To learn to write, to learn the craft of writing, is a dis- it's disciplined and there's a lot to it. How did you do that? I think that I'm ble- like, this might sound stupid. I think it's a blessing. Like, I'll give you an example. I was writing a timeline for you um, yesterday or the day before about key events in my life up until I left school. And then I thought, what's this called? It's not a demographic, it's a chronological, um, it's a chronological account. 
of my so I knew what that word was and like come on I was selling drugs for like 15 years like how do I know chronological means like <laughs> I, I asked Google after I, I asked myself do you know what I mean I asked myself first I was like chronological my mum was sitting there then I said look definition and it was it was in exact the right con exactly the right context and I just thought I didn't learn that. I don't even really like English, if I'm honest. But this book is the best. Read it. If it's crap, I'll give you your money back. Come see me. DM me on Instagram. <laughs> so just going to step back to some of your prison stories then again. Nearly scurring a prison guard to death. HMP Doncaster, first prison sentence, yeah? Um, like, in prison, when you, you've got a cellmate and you're like, get on all right, you stay up talking sometimes, just talking nonsense, war stories, I like to call it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I've done this, I've done... So how much money is the most money you've ever seen, Sean? I don't know. <laughs> what about you, Ezekiel? So when's the, when would you say you've ducked the biggest jail sentence? You know what I mean? So we're telling yeah. each other war stories. And then they used to do like a check. They used to come round about three in the morning, open your flap, shine a torch in, one, two, close the flap. Next cell, because all the cells are next door to each other. So you've got a guard, he's counting that there's 120 prisoners on these two stretches. So it's two, two, two. It's three o'clock in the morning, remember? All the lights are off, it's dark, just one officer in black. Two. It's open my flap. Ah! I'm standing there with a towel over my head going, <laughs> in the pitch black. <laughs> but you know, like, I, didn't, I didn't go, ah, I like come at him. <laughs> you know, like proper like ghost ones. Not like, ah, because I'm fairly intelligent. <laughs> He's literally, he was that scared. He didn't scream. He like, you, know, you, you know, when the noise, they, they, they can't scream. Like, ah! <laughs> he just stepped back close. To, I was, mate, I was dying, dying. You said you got some hilarious piss test stories. Oh, yeah, like in Cat D and that. They're like, oh, no, first in the green, they come onto the wing in Winston Green, HMP Birmingham, Winston Green. They come onto the wing, Mr. King, is he cool? So I'm in someone's cell talking to him. So I'm in another person, prisoner's cell talking to him. Then he's someone shouting me. So, yeah, yeah, it's the MDT guy, mandatory drug testing guy. Yeah, he's coming to take me to another part of the prison, test my urine. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've been smoking cannabis, hash. Do you know what I mean? Like nine o'clock film, joint. I'm thinking, oh my gosh. So I've run into someone's cell. I'm in the cell. No, the cell I'm in. I've gone to the sink. I'm literally just pressed the button. I'm going, dum, 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 dum. Drinking water, drinking water, drinking water. Where is he? He's walking around looking for you. Make sure to tell me if he comes in. Dum, dum, dum. Drinking water, drinking water, drinking water. Who's got a bottle? Fill a bottle up for me. Drinking water, drinking water. So I'm sitting there. I'm drinking. I've literally drank about three, four litres of water here in no time, yeah? I'm thinking, okay, let's go. So I was like, I'm here. I've come out now. But it's got, my stomach is that bursting. I'm having to walk to the unit like this. Like this. This is hilarious, yeah? I'm walking to the unit like this. My stomach's aching. I'm like, can I hardly walk here? I've got to the unit. I says, I need a poo first. Because obviously I've just drank the water. If I wee straight away, there was no point drinking the water. I need to wee out what was in my bladder. So this fresh stuff can start coming through. He's not going to let me go for a wee now because he wants to test my wee. So I'm saying I need a poo. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> He's saying, are you serious? He's like, well, why don't you just wee when you poo? I says, I, I, says, I don't do that. <laughs> I said, I, I have to poo on its own. You know what I mean? He's like, looking at his, the other prison guard, like, is, is this legit? I'm <laughs> saying, look, mate, just let me do my thing, get it? So I've gone into the toilet. I've sat down in the toilet. I'm sorry to be telling you toilet stories again. We love them. So I've sat down. And I thought, okay, then let me wee. So I've gone like this to wee, like, 
And as I've gone to wee, no wee's come out. This water must have just like turned my stomach different. It's all just like, shh, like a, some sort of power jet out my bum. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm, so I'm thinking, this ain't going to work. So I'm trying to wee, but every time I wee, it's like, it's turning on a jet from my bum. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm wasting the water as well. Where It's meant to go to my blood. This is all going wrong. <laughs> I'm thinking, nah. So I'm sitting there. I'm thinking, nah. Come on, it's got to start working in a minute. About three drops a week come out. I'm thinking, now this is curtains. So I'm in the bathroom, remember? So I thought, forget it. I've got to drink more water now. I've just done like five power jets in the toilet, yeah? Like literally like yellow water. I thought, no, so I'm drinking more water. Sat back on the toilet. Again, same thing. It's like the, the, the water and the bladder, dick is not happening. It's just straight water, boom. I'm thinking, what's going on? So drinking water. They're like, you're coming then or not? I'm thinking, well, I've got no choice. So come out. He's like, yeah, do you want the cup? So I was like, yeah, I was like, mate, I've got the runs a bit, yeah, but like, I swear, I swear, I promise you, yeah. I said, look, I've got the runs a bit, so I kind of sit down a bit, because when I wee, I don't want to start splashing the wall behind me and that, yeah? <laughs> He's like, all right, so I've sat down, I've got the cup, I've got my penis, and I'm like, aiming it to this cup, and I've gone out, and I can feel it, just going to start doing that jet thing out the bum again, yeah? I've just gone, Pff, I've just done it, like, kind of cup to be, yeah? Oh! <laughs> I swear there's bits floating oh, in there. Trust me, graphic, mate, yeah? I was like, here, it's like a little bit, sl- like, it's like, it's just like yellowy, like, it was like water, it just looked contaminated, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, here, he's like, what's the, he goes, what the fuck's that? This is my wee. Like, what's that in it? I said, I don't know. It's like, I'm poorly. He's like, got a negative for that one as well. <laughs> I swear I don't have a negative for that one. I've like, oh, mate, we've had some mad ones. It says piss test stories, plural. Have you got any more? Oh, like in Sudbury as well, like that's a category D prison. So you're allowed out to go to work and you're allowed to go and do charity work. It's kind of an open prison. There's no big, massive walls. But if you run off, they send you back to the prison where there is big, massive walls. So I'm living in there. Nothing to do. So I'm smoking a bit of ganja. Jamaican heritage. Thanks, dad. If you can hear us. Um, Yeah, so... They've come for me in the morning, open the door, piss test. I'm saying, okay, I'll be there in 10 minutes, yeah? So they said, okay, just come down when you're ready. So the first time, I've drank loads of water, but this time I haven't, like, gulped it. I've kind of, like, slowly, I've drank, like, half a litre, wait five minutes, half a litre, sipping it type of thing. I've started pissing like a fire engine then, yeah? I'm like, shh, shh, I could hardly walk to the unit. I'm having to stop on the way to the... They said, meet me down there. It's about two minutes just down there. Walk out the billet, down the fire road, get to the bottom, in reception, I'm in there waiting for you. By the time I've left my billet, I'm stopping on other billets to piss. <laughs> I've got there, I'm like, are we ready for this piss test then? He's like, yeah, 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 one sec. So he's getting me first. I said, who's going to go first? Me, 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 me. Gone in there. I was like, Shh, here you go. Looked at he's like, is that piss? So he just watched me do it. So it looks like water. I'm saying, no, no, that's piss. He's like, are you sure? I said, do you want me to do it again? <laughs> he's like, He's like, nah, nah, it's definitely piss. I'm saying, I'm saying it's definitely piss. He's like, you sure? Because it looks diluted. If it's diluted, it's problems. I'm saying it's piss, mate. What have I diluted it with? Do you know what I mean? He's like, okay. I've got a nicking for it, Sean. How come? They said that the piss test come back dilutes. I said, it's water. I drink water. I said, I train. I said, I've just started taking creatine. This was the excuse I gave. I've just started taking creatine into my diet. Creatine is bad for your liver. I need to drink at least three litres of water a day. So because I've started taking creatine, I'm drinking water. You've come at seven o'clock in the morning. I wake up, do my morning routine, eat my porridge, drink two litres of water. I've started pissing. You've come. <laughs> <laughs> They're saying, no, no, no. 
they said, look, they sent it back and stuff. And it just, somehow they proved that I drank, but they didn't prove. They said that I drank too much water, tried to corrupt the test or something. Yeah, so I didn't get to go home one weekend for that from Cat Dick. Did a lot of people have a hard time producing piss? Yeah, in the end, we used to get nic these little nicotine things. We used to get somebody who doesn't smoke weed to wee inside of it. Um, conceal that either between your balls and your leg or cheek it, put it between your ass cheeks, walk that strip so yeah, nothing, yeah. Here's the thing. Pop that up quickly. Pop that. <laughs> Here you go. Done. And I mean, you have to warm the nicorette thing up first, though. So you do put the nicorette thing into warm water, so it's like a, a nice temperature, like bodily fluid temperature. <laughs> oh yeah, I pissed once. I I, I took a, a pot of piss down there once before. Poured it into the pot, so he, he strip searched me because you have to get strip searched first. Search with nine, got nothing. I've got the pot there. No, no, nothing. Yeah, cool. Here's the pot. Then I got water on the corner. Pulled the pot out. Poured it in the pot. So yes, what's, how long you worked here anyway? Yeah, <laughs> good though. Yeah, yeah. I was always see you about anyway. I never really spoke. Here you go. Gone it is. It's like yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at him like this. Like <laughs> he's gone. Did you just do this now? So yeah, why? It's freezing cold. Are you dead or something? <laughs> <laughs> so, are you dead? <laughs> That's impossible. So was that a fail or did it pass? No, nah, I kind of like just... In Jamaica, we said, baddie him. I was like, were you taking a piss? Were you joking? You just see me do it. You're asking me... If... You'd probably cool down, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Proper mocking the system. Wars with guards in Winston Green and HMP Hewell missing washing. Oh, my life. So I had a job in HMP Birmingham as a... I was working on the servery which is one of the best jobs in prison. Uh, you get to serve the food, as you know, and um, you get a certain privilege, like your doors open a bit more. So while other prisoners are locked up, your doors open. So my brother was on the same unit as me. I don't know if anyone can see that. So me and my brother are on the same unit. Gang, gang, gang. Yeah, so me and D were on the same unit and he also worked on the, on the servery. So we had it really... Cushy, if you like. A couple of my other co-accused for the firearms were on the same wing. This is when I was in Birmingham over the guns with the Asian guy and the cannabis factories. My brother was in jail for a robbery, a fairly violent robbery at the time. He's now in jail doing 13 years for that EPP. So we're on the wing. And then one day I put my washing into the laundry room, like T-shirts, tracksuits, whatever. And I go back to the laundry room. It's not in the laundry room. But this is at night. So this is just before we're all about to get locked up for the night. So I think, no biggie, I'll get it in the morning. The next morning is prison lockdown. It's like a training day. So I put the buzzer on. I say, yo, I need my washing. She says, it's lockdown, you can't come out. I said, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm on the servery, let me out. She says, no, you can't come out. I said, who, who, who made you like the decision maker anyway? You know what I mean? I said, you always like, my washing's gone missing. I don't want to come out and make a phone call or... I want to go and get my washing from the laundry. She says, nah. I said, you're not fucking listening to me or something. I said, I need to go get my fucking washing. you thick. She goes, I don't think it's right you're swearing at prison officers while you've got a job. I says, take my fucking job off me then, you idiot. I said, are you, are you dumb? You trying to threaten me like you've got a job, don't swear. Get my fucking door open so I'm close, you idiot. She goes, that's it, you sacked. I said, I weren't sacked. I fucking resigned, you clown. Go and get my washing, yeah? I've come out now for dinner. She ain't gone and got my washing. She's let me out for dinner when they've let everyone else out. So I'm fuming now. 
So not only have I not got my washing, I haven't even got my surgery job now. So I'm thinking, nah, I thought, yo, they're disrespecting me. So all of the prison staff, you can, anyone who's been in Winston Green around 2016, um, A-Wing can do their research or whatever. Yeah. So um, I've come out my cell, all of the prison officers are by the surgery, standing there, making sure. I've gone to the prison office, the SO's office, but like the other prison wing staff share the office. I've kicked the door off, Sean. I've turned around, I've donkey kicked the door off. Boom, kicked the door off. Prison officer's door, yeah? As I've kicked the door off, I think it took two kicks, I've kicked it off. I've pulled the door closed. I've gone straight back upstairs onto the wing. I've went and grabbed about five, six crackheads, quick, nitties. You know them nitties who are just looking for bits off the floor? I've said, look, lads. Go to the office now. I've just slapped the door off. There's no one in the office. They're all in the surgery. There's USB sticks, packs of tobacco, police truncheons, um, whatever you want. Help yourselves, lads, yeah? They've gone in there. It looked like uh, it looked like a flat's been burgled. Because I thought to myself, look, they don't care if my shit goes missing. Let's see what's cracking when their shit goes missing. Yeah. They've robbed the office. I'm sitting in my cell eating my food, feeling retribution. I'm thinking, yeah, you, you know what I mean? Drilled them, yeah? One, one all. Well, it weren't even one all. It's just... One nil to me because they didn't lose my washing. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm eating my food thinking, yeah. My mates come to the door. Yo, what you done? So what do you mean? He said, what do you mean? What do you mean? What have you just done? I said, what? So you just booted the office door off. I said, yeah. And now they're going to search everyone. I was like, oh yeah, shit. <laughs> so I didn't think of that. You know what I mean? Me just on one. He's gone. Nah, he goes, they're not bothered about little USB sticks, but there's a kosh gone missing, like a truncheon. They said they need that run back. I said, well, you best go and get it back then, isn't it? He's like, look, mamba for truncheon, mamba for truncheon. So he's trying to swap anything he can now for his truncheon. They got the truncheon back, but I got kicked off the wing, I did. Wow. So you got down robbing people in prison. Oh, yeah. So when I first went to prison, not Doncaster, um, so it's my second time in prison. I was in HMP Hewall for... Um, yeah, I was in HMP Hewell for the two attempted murders on remand. So some little mixed race guy come on, some mixed race guy from Wolverhampton or something come on onto our wing, and he had some really strong ganja, and like you know, because I'm pretty reserved in that. Like I'm just don't give the big one. He's gone. He's gave like one or two of the lads like a little joint, some weed and stuff. So I thought I'll just let him, just give him a little minute, see if he can like see that he has to sort me out as well, and he didn't. So I said to him, I thought, give him a chance. He said, look, you're going to like sort me out some weed and that. He's like, I've only got a little bit left. Like, I've only got a little few 50 shots left, like 50 pound deals left. So I was thinking, does this dickhead actually think that he can sell me drugs? So I said to a few two of the lads on the wing, there was this big, massive black guy. I don't know if anyone's ever seen the movie Shotters. He looked like Mad Max. He's got like little tiny plaits, jet black. He just looks shifty, yeah? Him and some other little stocky guy. I said, look, in the morning, we're going to peel this little clown, yeah? They said, yeah, yeah. I said, look, first thing in the morning, meet me on the freeze, because this guy's on the top landing, meet me on the freeze by this little clown's door. I said, the second my door gets open, I've already, I'm fully dressed, I'm going straight up the stairs, I'll meet you there. They said, yeah, yeah, safe. So, so gone in the house for the night. First thing in the morning, got up, brushed my teeth, had my breakfast, got dressed, da, 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 ready. Doors opened. I've gone straight up the stairs to this guy's cell. As I've got there, they're like walking to the cell, like the two lads have arranged to meet there. I've walked straight in the geezer's cell in this mixed race guy's cell from all Ramsford. He's like putting something away. He's like, turn around to look at me. He's like, you all right? So I walked up to him. Stuart, where's the fucking weed, bro? He's like, what? I, like, not what like that. He, I goes, because he's first thing in the morning, Sean. Literally first thing. I've gone, yo, where's the weed? He's like, what? As he said, what? I've gone, bang, bang, bang. I think straight left, 
straight right, and I grabbed him in a headlock. Because I'm not in a bathroom, I just wanted the weed in, so I grabbed him in a headlock. I was like, where's the fucking weed, bro? He's like, oh, and then like the other two lads are like, no, no, leave him in. I've let go of him, and like he's that disorientated. He's like, uh, uh, you know, because he's that scared. He's like looking for it. He's like, he's forgot where he's put it. Let's find it, you little twat. He's like, he's like, oh, it's here. So yeah, we just years ago, it's gone ruthless, Sean. Like I've never looked, my mentality then to what it is now. It's like a world away. I can recollect it because I lived it, but it's not who I am now. It's definitely not. Who Were I there am. any famous prisoners you were housed with? Yeah, one and two, yeah. Who were they? I got pretty co- close to Tafawa Beckford when I was in jail a little bit. Like, Who's that? Uh, they call him Chama. If you're watching this, yes. But in terms of in terms of criminal, like, say he's in, he got sentenced for murder, he did. He got 31 years for murder in Birmingham. But the thing is, like, with people like him and other serious criminals... Like there's other big, massive black guys. Like I think he's even from a, no, I think he might be from the same gang. Uh, T Man. I'm not gonna say his proper name, but yeah, T Man. If you're out there, yes, big fella. But these people, I'd speak to them, Sean, and we'd be friends. They like my company. I like their company. But I never discuss their crimes with them. So he could be arrested. He could be in jail for two shootings. I'd say, bro, I don't want to hear about this shootings. I don't because then if someone turns around and says, look, he says, she says, I'm not involved. Do you know what I'm saying, yeah? Because I don't like that. Oh yeah, did you know he said this? Or yeah, he did do that. Or I hate that shit. So I say, look, I'll be your friend, Sean, but I don't want to know any information that could be detrimental to you, because then therefore I can't be held accountable, and me and you aren't going to fall out over information that you don't want to be shared shared with anyone. So don't share it with me. That's another really good prison lesson. All that he said, she said shit in prison. It's like high school mentality, but with deadly consequences. It can just get out of control very quickly. So you spent time with some major drug dealers and importers. Yeah, I met like some Albanian, loads of Albanians. Um, there was an ambulance that was caught um, smuggling drugs into the country. Two billion pounds worth of drugs. I think what? It, I think it had the Dutch ambulance it did, Sean. It come over from Holland three times or two times. Had about 250 keys of Class A drugs on it. If you search um, Dutch ambulance found with drugs, Birmingham, or Dutch ambulance drugs, Birmingham, <clears throat> you'll see it. It's major. Now, I was locked up with some of them guys and I got to know them fairly well. I've actually featured it in my second novel, like the event, because I, I've got like, some really like yeah, juicy information on, on, on that there. So, yeah. Anything you can talk about today? Um, just that... <clears throat> My second novel, like this, this novel is like it's like a memoir of people who have been integrated into crime and then the rise to the top. So this is for, this is for the real, this is a real bad boy's account of it, and it's for normal people to read. So like, if you've never committed a crime in your life and you just like a bit, of, you like a criminal story, a crime thriller, this is for you. But my second novel is kind of like, it's kind of a collection of things for a drug importer. So like, people like yourself. So. It explains different ta- different ways of importing drugs, different drugs that are imported and the ways that are in place that drugs are imported now. So like you've got your 18 wheelers, you've got your drug mules, you've got sewing suitcases, you've got various different ways of importing drugs. You've got welding secret compartments to the hull of a ship. It just depends what level you're on. But I've tried, kind of tried to make everybody understand and have a little bit of a connection to it, if you like. Yeah, I write about Escobar and um, all, all the different methods that he's employed. 
over the years. They had, at one point, they were like, all right, well, why don't we just get submarines? submarines. Yeah, submarines, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Let's build our own. Yeah, yeah, build our own submarines. <laughs> so in HMB, Subberg. Subbury, Subbury. Subbury, sorry. Um, smoking weed and mum's cooking in my cell or cooking myself. Oh, yeah. So in HMP Sudbury, because there's no gates around, no, no big high prison uh, gates, um, I used to get like people from my estate to go and I used to say, can you cook like my favourite dishes, like some jerk chicken, some oxtail, rice and peas, mutton and rice, whatever. I'd get her to cook some food. Like I'm talking about like I'd get her to make 20 containers. You know, the plastic containers you get from the Chinese. Yeah. So like, oxtail, rice and peas, oxtail, rice and peas, mutton and rice, mutton and rice, jerk chicken and rice, jerk chicken and rice. Literally 20 or 30 containers and then a separate containers with salad. Then I don't drink. So literally I get to throw like a bottle of white rum in there or stuff like that. I'd get my friends or cousins to throw in a couple of eighths of ganja. Then I'd get, what else do I want? Maybe some illegal prison games that you're not allowed because they're 18, not shooting in. Just whatever I wanted, but some blunt papers. They don't sell them on the prison canteen. Don't know why you sell everything else. Um, yeah, so blunt papers. I'd get that all put in a big duffel bag, Sean. I'd get someone, a little kid from my estate, to drive up to the prison from Coventry, run across the farmer's field, lift it up to the fence. I'd pay a crackhead who's in Sudbury in the Cat D, 20 quid and a, two portions of mutton and rice to go to the fence, grab it, run round the back and bring it into my billet. It would go under my bed. Everyone, shh, mutton and rice, everybody ganja whatever we want holy shit that's how easy it is to get a huge bag in prison only in an open prison though. in an open prison yeah wow nothing like that home cooked food is there no nah, but when I had a job when I had a job working out at the Cat D so first when you go in there you have to stay in there and just so they see you're not going to run away then they might get you a job working in a charity a few days a week and then once you're fully trusted they'll say you can go and get a job like in a normal warehouse or something as long as you stay at the prison so at that point we, we had to come back to the prison at 11 o'clock at night. So I'd be coming in back to the prison with literally a Chinese king prawn fried rice prawn crackers down my jacket. <laughs> Sitting there having a joint prawn crackers, egg king prawn fried rice, me and my convicted killer mate, you know, have a bit of food. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. You mentioned earlier about the creatine. What access did you have to workout equipment and what routine did you have to work out? In prison. Yeah. In various prisons, there's different routines, but it's typically maybe three, between three and five times a week. Yeah, so you can... And depending on the establishment, they've got different levels of equipment. But typically, you're just talking men's gym, medium equipment, medium, like average equipment, uh, not a massive range, but you've got all of your typical machines there, your chest press, your incline, your squat rack, all of that crap, yeah, like... Not crap, you've got all your equipment and you can go to it as much or as little as you want. So some people are just literally gym freaks. They're saying to the prison screws, look, I'll suck your dick, let me go to the gym. You know what I mean? <laughs> and some people like me ain't give, don't care because we're like, I'm not going to get to see my loved ones or girls for three years. So I don't want to be buffed to walk around the wing. And if anyone fucks with me, then I'm going to stab them with something, the sharpest piece of anything that I can find. Only for my own protection though, do you know what I mean? Did you have a shank on hand? <clears throat> I'd say that luckily for me, like I had a level of respect where if someone disrespected me, then they'd probably be in trouble. Like I'd probably have to calm down the situation. If he said, no, he didn't understand. Like he, come on, he's, he's from fucking Shropshire. Leave him alone. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, not, not got anything against anyone from Shropshire. What about Hooch? He'd probably official. Does he get involved in Hooch? 
Hooch. Yeah, prison alcohol. It gives you the runs and stuff. And it I heard does, it can make yeah. you blind. I was thinking, nah, I'm not. <laughs> I, when I drink, it's, I, I, like, I used to drink, when I used to drink, I used to drink like Balvedia, um, like mainly spirits really. So I'd drink like, if I was in Jamaica, I'd drink rum. If I was chilling in, in the streets, I'd probably drink like Balvedia or some sort. What do I drink? I don't really drink for that long. Really stuff like that, Balvedere and just vodka like that, yeah. Gets you drunk, doesn't really taste of anything. Or if I go out, a bit of Hennessy XO now and again. So it says you got nice sectioned touch. in prison. What was that about? What happened was when I got arrested for the cannabis cultivation, I got bail in between me getting arrested for the guns. So I'm on bail and I thought, look, I can get jail for this. So I had a consultation with my solicitor. He said, look, it's a lot of cannabis. You can get jail for it. So I'm thinking, fuck. I thought, I'm going to say that I'm mentally ill, so I get to go to a hospital and not a jail. Because then I can like have more free visits, I can order takeaways, and they've got better beds. I was thinking, yeah, so, so how do I go about this? So I got one of my loved ones to ring the doctor and say, he's not acting right. No, I think I went to the doctors and I was like, this is my friend. So I got one of my friends to take me to the doctors. Like, I'm really worried about it. I was just like, yeah. Doctor's like, what's wrong with him? How long has he been like this? I'm just like this. I'm like this. And then the doctor's like, listen, <laughs> we're going to send him home. We're going to send the CPNs there. CPNs, that's like psychiatric nurses, whatever they are. They've come to my house. I'm sitting in my bedroom, quilt over me at four o'clock in the afternoon. All of the windows shut, blinds. I'm just like that. They've come in with their bags. Hello, are you all right? You're right. I'm like, I'm like this. I'm, so, I'm just like, I'm pointing at his put his rucksack like he's a doctor. He's putting rucksack on the floor. I'm pointing at his rucksack like this. He's like, "What my bag?" I'm like, yeah. He's like, "What?" I'm saying, "Bomb." He's like, "No, no, no, no. It's just my rucksack." I'm saying, not, "Not as dramatic, but I'm literally just like this, like that." So they're going to section me then, but I thought I don't want to get sectioned because I'm on bail. I don't want to get myself locked up. I'm doing this to not get locked up. So yeah, then I'm still on bail. Police have booted off my door. At night, I'm like, I come back home after being out late. I'm in bed. The whole block's shaking at four o'clock in the morning. Me and my missus both open our eyes at the same time. We're looking at each other and say, what the fuck is that? The whole block's shaking. I jump up naked, run to the door. As I get to the door, the door goes, boom, it like explodes. It's big, thick wood like this. It just splinters. It's in, in the dark and I can feel wood splinters. That's how this door's exploded. I'm police, get on the fucking floor, get on the fucking floor. So I'm like this. I've literally just come straight down forward on the floor I'm start naked zip tied me pulled me into the block into the block into like out out of the apartment into the hallway I'm naked zip tied against the wall there's loads of police balaclavas all of them masked up so I'm standing there thinking fuck I'm police I'm police they're going in drag my missus out of the house sent her up the flight of stairs so I'm on this floor she's up there pacing around thinking what the fuck is going on Sean I didn't know that they had surveillance just for them guns to that house next thing you know I've seen a police officer that I did recognise no balaclava it was one of the police officers that had been involved with the surveillance and arresting me for the cannabis factories he wasn't wearing a balaclava so I'm saying oh you you prick I'm not going to say your name because you're never going to be famous no one's ever going to know your name you're going to live under your rock <laughs> so yeah he says um, I said oh you what are you doing here he says are you under arrest? I said, look, if you don't find nothing in that apartment, are you taking these cuffs off? He says, no, you're under arrest for conspiracy to supply firearms. At that point, I was thinking, shit. 
They've arrested me, took me to the police station. But as I got in the car to go to the police station, I thought I'm going to get 20 years in jail. Yeah? So I've started acting ill. So I was like, what's under the seat? Is that a camera? I'm saying, is that a camera? They're like, what are you on about? I'm saying, there's a camera. They're saying, no, no, there's no camera. I'm saying, there is. I said, well, you, you're taking me to kill me. They said, no, we're the police. We're not taking you to kill <laughs> I said, you are? Where are you taking me? They said, no, you know, you were just all right 10 minutes ago. They're saying, I'm saying, I'm thinking, no, nah, I'm playing this through to the very end, mate. This ain't a game, mate. If the, anyone who's seen us all right 10 minutes ago, that was 10 minutes ago. That wasn't recorded. That didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes. We got to the police station and then... I've, I'm carrying on acting a bit ill, but I've seen a few of the lads who they've arrested. I've got no firearms dealings with these, so I was a little bit more relieved. But when I got in the police station, I started saying, the grenades in my bathroom ain't mine. I swear, and I was like, they was like, what? I was like, the grenades in my bathroom, they're not mine. They was like, somebody get back to his house now, in the bathroom, the bathroom, we're looking for grenades. I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking, do you know what I was thinking? I was thinking, my missus is going to go mental. But if this is what it takes to get sectioned, I'm all over it, yeah? <laughs> Listen, so I'm saying, the grenades ain't mine. They've gone about 20 minutes later, I could hear them like whispering, there is no grenades. Thinking, duh. <laughs> then, um, yeah, so I've gone to prison. But when I've gone to prison, they ain't put me in no mental health institution. They've sent me to normal prison, Winston Green. But I'm there, of course, with a few people who I know who they've arrested on this surveillance. So we're all in prison. I'm in the cell with this guy called H. Easy, dog. So I've said, H, I said, look, here's what's going to happen. When we get, we're going to go downstairs, we're going to get our dinner. When we come back up with our dinner, before the screw locks the door, you're going to pull the screw to the side and say, look, I'm really worried about you, man. He weren't sleeping last night. He was acting dodgy. Like, I've never seen anything like it. Leave the rest to me. So as planned, I've got my, 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 my dinner. We walked into a cell. I've walked in first. H is behind me. It was SO as well. Yes, Mr. Haynes, one of the only half-decent screws. He's gone, he's, gone, um, he's gone to lock the door. H gone, no, no, no. He's like, whoa, what's up? He goes... He's not well. He's not. He's like, what? So he's looked in the cell at me. I'm like this. He's like, what's, what's wrong, mate? Because well, he's never seen me before. He's like, what's wrong? I'm like, come here. So I'm telling the screw to come in. So he's like, so he's put the door on the lock. So obviously we can't lock him in. He's, I'm saying, so I'm edging him over to the back of the cell. There's a window at the back of the cell. I'm going, cool, cool. But I'm like, ginger, like, I don't want to say it, but I want to. So I'm ducking down. Look, the window's there. I'm going, in the bin, in that bin, blue one. There's a man with a gun. So we're on the prison grounds. I'm saying in the wheelie bin outside, there's a man with a gun. I said, he just put the... F I said, when I look up, he puts the flap down. Man's looking at me like, fuck. He's looked back at H and he'd say, is he having me on? He's like, he's not wow. He's like, I'll get the nurse. So he's going to lock the door. I thought, yeah, phase one complete. Five minutes later, the nurse has come back. Hello, are you all right? You need to come and see the CPN nurse. So I'm looking like, I don't want to go. Like, H is like it's alright it's alright you sure <laughs> so yeah so I walk down there I'm sitting in this room they put me in a room on my own Sean sitting there like this like this I'm sitting there just waiting I'm like, this lively guy walks in he's got 20 years experience plus as a psychiatric nurse or whatever it is psychiatrist walked in the room larger than life loads of energy hello so you're right what he's trying to do is he's trying to see how my receptors are working he's trying to see if when i'm sitting there like this his loudness how i react to it naturally react to it because it's only natural if some volume happens you're going to look up and that shows that you're aware so i was thinking fuck you mate you, you, my name's nick not dick yeah <laughs> so i'm sitting there like this you know i haven't moved an inch sean i'm still looking like this and then he's going what school did you go to? But he's talking really loud. What school did you go to? Really trying to get my attention. 
what school do you and I'm just acting like he's making me feel more and more uncomfortable not that he's getting my action and I've gone said the name of a school and I was interacting very barely minimal and I kept looking like towards this cupboard there's like a door he's like what's in that who's in there I said I know they've sent you because what I did is I studied psychiatric people I studied people in psychiatrists interviewing people who have got paranoid schizophrenia so I, I, I displayed all of the warning signs for paranoid schizophrenia. He sectioned me and sent me to the healthcare wing. Five minutes. He was like, you're very ill. You're very poorly. I was like that. I know there's two people. How many more are in there? He's like, there's no one in there. I'm saying, I know he sent you. Who? The man. What man? The man with the croaky voice. Come on, mate. See you later. <laughs> how different was that? Then? Not that... making fun of mental health either. It's not. How different was that wing? It was okay because I was I could see that the next step was going and having Chinese takeaways, but that was also risperidone <laughs> antidispersal. It's of a state, and because the, the people who are there are actually crazy, so it's hard to keep your sanity, and you're having to pretend to be crazy. So I come out my son. I want to play pool, but I've got to kind of like look at the pool table first for ten minutes before an officer <laughs> says, "Do you want a game?" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> go on then." I'll have a little game and then oh yeah I'm taking a shot and then I'm like keeping my back to the wall and, and I'm like I'm just it's, it's starting to get too much I was just thinking oh, fuck that send me back to the zoo <laughs> <laughs> well that's a crazy story to end this on is there any stories that um, you, you you think that you would like to say at the end here is there any stories that we've missed or anything I want everyone to read this guy's story okay. Cyrus Johnson's story because his story is a collection of all of these things and so much more they're my friends experiences they're my loved ones' experiences. It's just literally, it's just, a, it's just criminal. Links madness. in the description box below the video. Are you on all the socials? I'm on Instagram. Author is equal king. I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter. Nobody seems to want to talk to me. So reach well, they out will when they watch this. <laughs> we're gonna put, we're gonna put all, all your links in the description box below this video. Is there anything that you would like to say to the people watching this? Yeah, getting out of crime isn't easy. Um, it's a process. It takes hard work and determination and endurance. Sometimes we have pressures from outside entities, whether it be our family, our loved ones, our missuses. What we have to do is say, fuck them all and strive for what we want and what's truly going to make us succeed. And the more we ignore these impulses, of, I know I'm not doing right, or I know that this is going to go wrong, the more things aren't going to go right and you are going to deal with that when things go wrong. So just literally just strive for the best you can and I just wish everyone the best. That's it. I wish the whole of humanity the best and the maximum amount of love. Even my enemies, you think I hate you, I don't. I'm above hating anyone. Brilliant, pass the message for someone. <laughs> Take care, yeah. Across the UK, people are looking to save on their monthly bills. Switch and save £200 on average versus BT on all Vodafone full fibre broadband plans. That's up to five times more reliable than standard broadband. From only £22 a month for 24 months. Switch and save today to get reliable broadband without the price tag. Vodafone. 24-month contract credit and availability checks apply. Comparison made against comparable BT plans. Terms of verification at vodafone.co.uk slash broadband.